Hey, it's Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. Live Saturday edition of the show. Phones are open, as they always are. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Coming up, Hotel Homeless in Los Angeles. Maybe. They may be forcing all hotels to rent to homeless people. As you might imagine, that that's an oxymoron, but... You know, when government's involved, they, they tend to lean that way to inventing things that are contradictions in terms. If you're if you're homeless, but you're in a hotel, then the hotel is your home, so you're <laughs> yeah. not homeless. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, with you tonight, it is Ian. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. And we may have Picos Mountaineer joining us. We're expecting him, but could be a traffic issue. He does have a long drive uh, to get out here when he joins us on Fact. Saturday. So, but I wanted to start tonight with the the buzz of social media, at least the Twitter media, <laughs> in the last, I don't know, three days, two or three days, has been this post made by the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. It's pretty great. That I found to be entertaining, but a lot of people are really butthurt over this post <laughs> and i don't know why like, like mega mega butthurt like okay maybe this. maybe if your sense of humor is like oh too soon or something like that but still i thought it was hilarious and i'm a hilarious dude or at least sometimes I so am. let's describe the post and peakless is now joining us welcome sir glad to be here uh have you seen the post i'm about to describe i have not oh okay oh, okay uh, okay, so the image is, and I, I, I presume it's an unedited image. Well, well, first of all, we should, you know, like give the background, right? John McCain died. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and I presume it was a couple days ago, a few years back, or whatever. But yeah, the the warmonger, the you know guy responsible for you know way too much murder and bloodshed. Yeah. Bomb, uh, bomb, 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 Iran. That's that guy? the guy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he was good on precisely one thing, and that was torture. Which is exactly what oh, he so got he was against for. it because yeah. he was a victim of it. Yep. at one point, I see. Uh, so McCain, this and that's, photo, of course, the only thing that they would always push back on him for the uh, the photographing question. I presume is there is an original. I don't think it was in like a Photoshop I or something. I believe it is an accurate original or you know screenshot of or whatever. It has Megan McCain, who is his daughter. Uh, sitting at his, what is presumably his coffin, wrapped in the American flag, and of course behind it is another American flag and some sort of podium or some other flag I don't recognize offhand, but, uh, and she's sitting there crying uh, over her dad's coffin. And I believe that there might be video of that. And Maybe that, it's a screen grab. And that this that, is yeah. like It's just, pretty low resolution. Yeah, like one frame or something of that video is is my belief. Don't quote me on that. And I think that flag is uh, is the local state flag. Oh, from wherever the hell he's from? Yeah, I from? think that's uh, Arizona. Ah, uh, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So Libertarian Party of New Hampshire posted this image uh, to their account at, at LPNH. That is their official Twitter account with a simple caption of, Happy Holidays. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It now has... Uh, thousands of comments, ten thousand over ten thousand comments. Yeah, and how many uh, likes? Eleven thousand likes. Ah, uh, Forty six hundred. Still, still winning the ratio war. Then 
And uh, and it's got a lot of upset people, including Meghan McCain herself. Oh, nice. Not only did they successfully post this thing that just caused a huge explosion, a huge amount of attention. Apparently, they gained 1,600 followers overnight because of this. And they're close to being the number one most popular state affiliate of the Libertarian Party on Twitter. So not only was it beneficial to them from just the viral aspect of getting the word out about this, but Meghan McCain retweeted this more than once. <laughs> and the mainstream media caught on to the story. And so it's getting mainstream media coverage. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is an epic troll job, right? Like when you can get I this, the person in question. Anytime you can rattle respond. the cages of tyrants. They didn't tag her, <laughs> by the way, in this post. It simply said, happy holidays and had an image. So was on, just to clarify real quick, was there some like Veterans Day or something that I, I don't presume know it's about? the anniversary of his death? I did oh, not verify okay. that, uh, but I presume that he died on whatever day it was. Yeah, I actually don't know uh, if you know, you know, the specifics behind, you know, why that whenever the photo was released and yeah, that I kind of thing. Give us a call. Yeah. Um, according to oh, okay. uh, the internets, he died. Oh, sorry. He oh, he must have died in office. Yeah, okay. So he died August 25th, 2018. So this was put out on August 25th. So somebody had it marked on their calendar to say, all right, we're going to make this post today. <laughs> and they did. So it's not even too soon. So like my gut my gut reaction was like, maybe people are butthurt because sometimes after a thing occurs, it can be too soon to make fun of that for some people. Not for me. Yeah, like, I, I think it's I like fair fun game of, right away as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I, I like making fun of things right away when it's fresh because that's when it's going to have the most Have impact. a damn sense of humor. Uh, I'm going to go with he's a genocidal monster that we no longer have to worry about. Yeah. yeah. So, so you aren't like, offended by this? N- not in the least. Do you okay. find it humorous? Um, eh, not especially. Okay. Let me say this. I think that I, I'm generally against grave dancing. I, I generally don't think that it's a, a kind thing to do, but I make an exception for monsters. <laughs> I, I don't consider people like John McCain, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, you, you know, John Bolton. You fill in the name of the monstrous warmongering yeah. politicians, and there's plenty of them in overseas countries, too. Okay, oh, yeah. We're just talking about the U.S. here. Uh, you know, I... These people blatant than others, and this one was one of the most blatant. These people are psychopaths who have no value for human life. They do not. I don't even know if they have feelings. I'm not sure if they're even human. They look human, and Meghan McCain's acting human when she's sitting there crying over his coffin. But then in the next breath, she's calling for the death of Julian Assange. She's calling for the uh, the punishment for all kinds of uh, innocent, peaceful people all around the planet. This woman doesn't deserve any sympathy whatsoever it's not well, like she's some sort of victim of john mccain it's not like you know she's saying he beat her or abused her or something like that right or like you know she, she has his belief system she believes in war mm-hmm. she is as much of a warmonger as he it's just she's not an elected you know government bureaucrat that's really the only she difference yet. Yet. Oh, did she oh yeah, yeah. i was gonna say yet <laughs> yeah, no, the, uh, that that was a whole big thing. She tried to get a nomination and just got destroyed in the polls. So good, yeah, yeah, very good. Um, yeah, so uh, you don't have a, a foot to stand on. You are trying to do the same genocidal mania that your dad did, and uh, good. Now, of course, the mainstream. Now, did you find this one funny when you first saw it, though? 
I didn't laugh out loud, but I'm amused by the reactions to it. Yeah, I'm more amused by the number of butthurt people over this small tweet. It wasn't very many words, and it was one photo. Keep it simple. And just everybody, majorly, not everybody, but a whole bunch of people got majorly butthurt and sparked all sorts of... Arguments and you know not just on Twitter but other social Spark medias as many well. Many more memes well, as well. And, and I don't know if you remember a year ago when uh, when they uh, did the the massive funeral. Like there was this huge state ritual to celebrate the life of of John McCain years after his death. No, no, no. Went uh, the a year ago when he died. No, it was twenty eight. Two years ago was it? Yeah. Oh, so four years now. Sorry, no oh, sense of time. Sorry. But yeah, yeah. I do remember that uh, when he passed, there was the, there was a lot of fanfare, mm-hmm. like just an sure. extraordinary amount of of you know press coverage. They treat and these pageantry. politicians like royalty. I would say they treat them more like uh, deities, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like Same he was difference. treated like a, a pharaoh yeah. that had passed. The king and, was God. And everyone right? loved him, and everyone came out saying what a terrible mm-hmm. loss no. it is. That it's like, and now it's happening wow. again. Now the mainstream media, of course, when they were reporting on this. The headline here, for instance, at the New York Post, Meghan McCain slams NH Libertarian Party over celebrating dad's death. And there's other posts where it's only showing people who agree with Meghan McCain, of course, and their opinions about this. Here's what confuses me, or not confuses me, but like, I guess it does confuse me, about the Libertarians' reaction is that Libertarians, if they believe in the non-aggression principle... Uh, they should also agree that one of the non-state methods for, you know, sort of getting people to cooperate would be uh, ridicule. Yeah. The yeah ridicule is a vital, vital function in society. If you want to join the show, if you've got an opinion on the celebration of the death of John McCain, you can join us. Free Talk Live, phone number for you if you want to join us, 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. The collective butthurt of uh, statists, big government warmongering, uh, warmongering supporters out there has been very, very large in the last 48 hours. Large butt. Big time. And they large are collective butt. Hurting. And they're mad about what the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire just tweeted. And we're going to get back into that story coming up here in a moment because we haven't even read Meghan McCain's responses. And I have them here. Uh, Thanks to the New York Post, they've uh, cataloged her. Oh, wait, no, they only put one of them in here. There was another article that showed like all five of her responses. I'll have to see if I can dig that one up, too. Yeah, you were saying uh, that uh, she uh, she retweeted this. Now, did she she uh, did like yeah. quote tweet it? Like I think so. Yeah, like retweet and then like say, "Oh, this is terrible." Can uh, you believe they did this awful thing to me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. we can continue with that coming up here. Of course, your calls and thoughts are welcome. We're going to go to your phone calls, but I do want to let you know about uh, Bitcoin.com. If you're ready to start learning about cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, you should go to Bitcoin.com and click Get Started at the top of the page. There you'll find all kinds of valuable information, some of the basics, some of the info you need to know, some of the new concepts that are in play when it comes to cryptocurrency that you ought to get some level of a grasp on. It doesn't take a lot of a lot of time. First video is all of three minutes and you'll get some new ideas from it. Uh, but it's I recommend you do this before you decide to put a little bit of money into the world of cryptocurrency, which you can also do. 
over at Bitcoin.com. They can help you buy cryptocurrency there. And uh, the site is Bitcoin.com. Click Get Started at the top of the page if you are uh, old school with crypto and you want to get the latest news headlines. They've got those for you, too, every single day over at news.bitcoin.com. As we continue here, we're going to go to Dave Ridley because you can bring up whatever you want. Calling from New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. The snowflake is strong in this one. Yes, sir. The snowflake is strong. <laughs> yes, indeed. You're referring to the conservatives and surprising amount of libertarians who were butthurt over this. That's the surprising part. Yeah, we'll get into that. But what's on your mind tonight, Ridley? Uh, I have a Lily Tang Williams update. She's the free stater who's running for Congress in New Hampshire. Yeah, she's running against a couple of sort of standard issue Republicans. Uh, Lily is a free stater. She's a libertarian activist who migrated here to New Hampshire. I'm told Lily Tang ain't nothing to F with. She's a pretty cool lady. Uh, she's real. I mean, is it wrong to describe a Chinese woman as a firecracker? Because that's how that's like one of the first uh, terms that comes to mind when I think of Lily Tang Williams. She's got a lot of energy. Uh, she's got a lot of principle, from what I can tell. Kind and, of a firebrand. Yeah, and she's moved here from China. She escaped uh, Mao's communist China right. to move to the United States. I think she ended up in Colorado prior to moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And she's up against, uh, like like I said, establishment Republican candidates like the mayor of Keene, New Hampshire, who is running against her. He's sort of the uh, nominee from uh, the governor, Governor Chris Sununu, has sort of anointed this character. And there's one other kind of standard issue Republican who's marketing himself as the 100% pro-Trump guy. So it's the 100% pro-Trump guy, the sort of milk toast, uh, you know, average Republican politician, the establishment, figure. the establishment guy. And then there's Lily, who is, uh, t- to her credit, she's not taken the low road, at least from what I've seen so far. We've been getting flyers, you know, these full color eight or 12 by 12 flyers or whatever yeah. in the mail uh and we've gotten a bunch from the other two guys and they're attacking each other they're ignoring lily completely on their flyers and lily's flyer came out today and it's just all about lily so she hasn't taken the road of you know the low road which <laughs> right. a lot of politicians do what were you what were you going to say about her dave so apparently this uh, organization that was going to host a debate for sunday has decided not to host the debate because one candidate won't show up. The anointed candidate isn't going to show up. Hmm. Uh, so they, they won't let Lily debate with the other candidate. Really? Uh, Lily, and, Lily and this other candidate, Lily and another candidate would be able to debate at least. That's but too since bad. The anointed candidate, since the anointed candidate has uh, refused to attend, hmm. uh, they just can't, they, they're just uh, refusing to host the debate. What is the organization that is doing that? Because that's a real crappy thing it's to do. The, it's called the Government Integrity Project. Uh, government <laughs> Integrity Project. <laughs> that's ironic. And where were they going to? Do you know where this debate was going to be? I don't know. Okay. That's too bad because there was a organization in the Cheshire County area that held debates down at, uh, I think it was Franklin Pierce College. <laughs> and when I ran for governor as a Democrat, to just as a Liberty Democrat to get the word out, about freedom in the gubernatorial race back yeah. in, I think, 2012 and 2014, they, of course, invited uh, me to a debate with other governor candidates, and no one was willing to debate uh, in that case. So they invited me to just come give a speech. Like, okay, well, we're going to have an event yeah. anyway, and uh, since no one else wants to be on stage, 
you get to be on stage all right. by yourself. And that's, I thought that was a really classy way to, to handle things. That's the way it should go. And, yeah. you or, know, this or whole. Or maybe like, okay, well, the two people we were going to have a, have a debate, one of them doesn't want to show up or can't show up. You wanted to have a debate. We'll just have you instead. Right. We didn't get our first choice, so we'll go with our second choice. Right. In the classic way, when you have multiple candidates, in this case, three, two of three said yes. You have the two candidates on stage, you have a third chair, you have a sign which says the name of the person who didn't show up, yep. and then that's, that chair just sits there empty for the whole debate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this whole, you know, oh, we're not going to have a debate kind of a thing reminds me of uh, the, was it the 08 Ron Paul run where they kind of had him on the national stage, but like at the kitty table. It was like the folding table with the folding chair <laughs> off to the side, but like the Republican and the Democrat got podiums. Yeah, it reminds oh, yeah. me of that. I remember. Yeah, yeah, and I was gonna say, oh wow, the the Liberty candidate didn't get an opportunity to uh, to join a debate. Shocking! I've mm-hmm. never heard of that happening <laughs> ever. Uh, anything else, Ridley? You want to share? Well, I should clarify. She is claiming that they won't host the debate. Uh, I don't have independent verification of that. Uh, and also, she's got another post. She says, uh, quote, Facebook is censoring me as a Republican congressional candidate. Mm, and surprise. Answer, I have 25,000 followers, but my post this morning about my endorsement got three likes, unquote. Oof, three likes on a post with no tens surprise. of thousands of followers. Yeah, well, it sounds like the fix is in. Uh, but you know what? I, it's going to be interesting to see how this race turns out. And it's, you know, I don't want to get too deep into political races here because it's not really relevant uh, to most people but it is interesting to see whether or not the free stater candidates do succeed here in new hampshire and these are fairly high profile races these are she's running for u.s house uh in this case so we wish her the best and thank you ridley for the call tonight well and regarding facebook didn't uh uh zuckerberg confirm on the joe rogan podcast Mm -hmm. that yes he indeed did uh Censor stuff yeah, was, uh, uh, at the behest of the FBI. Wasn't it yeah, about the Hunter laptop, the yeah. Hunter yep. Biden laptop? Yep. And he's like, oh, it's so political. And some people thought we needed to censor more. And some people thought we should censor much less. And it's like, how about you don't censor at all? Yeah. How about you just let people talk so that we can figure out what's going on and what we're going to do about it? So everybody who thinks Facebook is a private company, <laughs> I got news for you. They're bowing to the will of the government. It's nothing new, though. Anybody that's been paying attention knows they've been... Fed book is its nickname. ...bowing at its feet for many years. There's more coming up here. The number is 603-283-6160, and you can share your thoughts. More on the death of John McCain coming up. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here, and it is the live Saturday edition of the program. By the way, coming up later tonight, off the radio, 
you will be able to join Captain Kickass, Peakless Mountaineer, and our friend Nobody for episode two of the Freer <laughs> Talk Live version of Beard Talk Live. Because y'all technically had a Beard Talk Live that was on the air a few weeks ago. We did. Uh, but this would be the second episode that is internet only. By the way, that did get released on our podcast last week, so y'all got some Yay! extra listeners later on that way. But it's so it's fun to to watch and listen live, and you'll be able to do that tonight at ten thirty Eastern time uh, over and uh, on any of our video streaming platforms, which does not include YouTube right now. By the way, we are currently uh, off the air where they're not allowing us to stream, and we can't for basically the next month because. Uh, somebody reported one of our videos for the old medical misinformation, so don't look for us there. <gasps> you told people the truth about screw COVID. You, Google, screw Anything you. but that. But please look for us over at our uh, Odyssey site, which you can find over at watch.freetalklive.com. That actually takes you directly to the stream itself, whereas video.freetalklive.com also takes you to Odyssey, but to our entire channel. So please give the channel a follow. And then at 10.30 Eastern Time tonight, tune in for more of Beard Talk Live. Uncensored. I wonder if they're ever going to change their policies uh, about medical misinformation now that, like, the CDC has said, yeah, we were kind of wrong about everything. I heard a rumor that they have removed something from that policy, and I don't remember what the detail was about that. Uh, But anyway, also, gold and silver, you can get the most stable assets in recorded history with bullionmax.com. You can buy direct from bullionmax.com without talking to a salesperson and your precious metal ship fully insured directly to your home. Free Talk Live can get you their silver starter kit at employee pricing. You can go to bullionmax.com slash FTL to do that. It includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products and it's limited though to just one kit per household. So get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. We started the show talking about a post that the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire made, and it has blown up. Not only has it blown up in popularity and controversy and people talking and arguing about it, but it actually got Meghan McCain to respond. Got her panties on a bunch. And, you know, that's a pretty epic troll job, right? Like, if you can get somebody who has... I don't know how many times the the followers she has, but it's got to be multiple times, right? Like, she's a probably a fairly popular character i, I actually don't know and i even, mean i i don't follow these types of people so i don't really care about her like at she's, all she's a horrible uh person yeah i i realized i was uh conflating uh megan mccain with liz cheney which uh i think that's an understandable mistake at any rate Seven hundred and ninety-seven thousand point nine thousand, so roughly almost eight hundred thousand followers of this war hawk why does she Harridan. have that many freaking followers? Because she's an awful human being, and people who because have principles John don't get McCain followers. John McCain is a war hero and the best of the best. <laughs> oh, well, plus she's uh, she's a conservative Get who me with a spoon. I don't well, find and, her. And she was uh, she's been involved with uh, news media, with corporate news media for quite a while. She's on The View, I mm-hmm. think now, which is a fairly popular women's uh, daytime television talk show. With Where's Wol- the flushing sound when Wolfie you need Goldberg. it? <laughs> uh, Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. Hampshire account has, you know, there's no slouch, but it's only got 26,000 followers. So a fraction, a very small fraction of Ms. McCain's. Uh, there, yeah, so okay. it's, it's, right. it's impressive to have a, an account. I mean, that's great because there's no such thing as bad advertising. Right? I tend to agree, but there's a lot of people who got really mad who called themselves libertarians about <laughs> this. But the fact that they got a woman with 800,000 uh, followers to to not only comment 
but also retweet their original tweet is a tremendous win. So I have here the comments that she made according to Mediaite.com. I found the one where she, uh, where they show, I think, all of her responses. Are you going to do a Megan McCain voice? I don't know. I have no idea what she sounds like. Me neither. I just, you know, sometimes you do I imagine she sounds hideous (laughs) uh, because she's a hideous human being. But so I guess the first post that she made was to say, this is hideous, even by Twitter's standards. And then she just she just retweets the original post. She then further says, this is the official liber- uh, Twitter account of the state of New Hampshire's Libertarian Political Party. I really fear for the future of the world and how we have come to treat each other, especially on social media. I hope no one ever does anything like this to any of you. You're not holding the proper decorum for war criminals. Yeah, she wants to have human beings murdered all around the world. And she's mad because somebody tweeted something she didn't like. Now, I might murder people around the world, but I would never be insensitive about their dead relatives. (laughs) On social media. I may have killed their relatives, but I wouldn't poke fun at them for mourning (laughs) those relatives that I killed. That's where I draw the line. You brought up uh, dancing on dancing on someone's grave yeah. with the phrase that you use. Normally, I'm against da- uh, grave dancing, yeah. but in the case of monsters, I don't consider them to deserve any kind of human treatment. One of the best comments I saw, and I'm paraphrasing, was something along the lines of, well, if we don't dance on his grave, the victim certainly can't. Mm. Yeah. You know? right. So who's gonna? Yep. It's not us. Who's gonna? Uh, she says in a third post, again, every time. Retweeting the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire's uh, tweet. I'm actually sadly used to this type of thing. My public grief and pain have become something comedians make YouTube videos about as comedy. She puts that in quotes. The worst part is what this does for other people in severe pain and grief. God forbid anyone displays it publicly and it's documented. Welcome to 2022. Wait, what, what was that last bit? God forbid anyone displays it publicly, meaning her pain and grief and it's documented because people will make fun of you is what she's saying you you can't have uh and you're helping you are currently helping them make fun of you (laughs) yeah it's and the more she does it the worse it's gonna get you you obviously don't believe what you're saying like you you are saying that it is that you cannot get away with publicly displaying your grief and here you are publicly displaying your grief more than once yeah, over, over and, over. and over again and just, bringing more attention yeah to this i just want to say congratulations and kudos and way to go big thanks to whoever's running the libertarian uh the new hampshire libertarian official twitter yeah, account because yeah. I, how do the kids say that's based yeah <laughs> right like it is it is totally a based move in my opinion, and kudos to them for not being like every other slimy political, you know, account mm-hmm. that you know sort of caters to like everybody and is in, is afraid to like ruffle feathers oh, and yeah. you know not step on anybody's toes and all that kind of crap. No, this is the way change happens. Somebody steps forward and starts doing things nobody else will do. Thank you to whoever's running that account. I agree, and it's also important because it is a signal. To those out there who are, like us, appreciative 
of this sort of signal, right? Yes. Because, like you said, a lot of these other people in politics, they're just trying to be careful where they step. They don't want to cross anybody. They just want to get their people elected and take little baby steps towards maybe making things a little bit more free. But the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is just put it out there. This person is a monster, and you are the same, Megan McCain. You are the same as your father. You're not trying to be a better person. You are advocating for violence against peaceful people all around the world. You want to put Julian Assange away for the uh, the rest of his life for telling the truth. Yeah. Uh, there's many, many things this woman has said that is absolutely horrifying. And she's not ashamed of what she said. She's not sorry. It'd be one thing if she had said, you know, I reflected on what my dad did and he was wrong. Right. And I, I'm right. wrong yeah. uh, for, for the yeah. things I've said in the past. And I'm sorry for the things that I said about that may have led to uh, for, for people support war and the deaths of innocent yeah. people. She's never said anything like that. Not even close. Yeah. And what this does is it pierces this veil that, oh, well, government is full of good people that are trying to do good things mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work out well. Like this, th- this puts the lie to that mythology. Right. And that's why she's standing up against it is that you can't poke a hole in that myth. And to all the libertarians who are butthurt or oh, at least yeah. defending Meghan McCain, like, hey, the truth hurts, man. The truth hurts. Yeah, and that's one of the important filters that I think is going on here is there's a bunch of libertarians who are upset about this. And you know what? We don't need you. Uh, There's more coming up here. We need the people that are the principled people willing to call out the warmongers for what they do. More on the way. Talk live, phones are open. You can join us and bring up whatever you want. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Right now, we're talking about monsters, actual purported humans. They are real, and they're mostly involved in politics. That have resulted, their actions have resulted in the killing. Of countless human beings. And we're talking about John McCain. And there are many others like John McCain. He's just one of the more noteworthy ones uh, over the years. And he passed away in uh, 2018. I think it was brain cancer is what did him in. And the world's a better place because of it. Now, that's not to say he won't be replaced by another scumbag politician. I have no idea who the current Arizona... They're going to have to stretch to make one that bad, though. You oh, think so? I, oh, yeah. It was that bad? Oh, yeah. Okay. Not with the size and shape of the empire known as the United States of America. It won't take long at all. In mm. fact, it is more ripe than it ever has been for somebody much, much worse than John McCain, bad well, as he was. Well, one of the one of the things that really worked about John McCain is that at the time there was, you know, a huge uh, swelling of, uh, you know, support our troops sentiment. Of like uh, veterans can do no wrong, and he's you know the ultimate veteran, and that credibility is something that is going to be extremely difficult to replicate. The number again, if you want to join us here, it's six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Also, uh, I do want to let you know about a, a uh, an event that's coming up in Prague, uh, and that is uh, being put on by an organization. That's devoted to helping people uh, find newer places to uh, to go to around the world. Autonomous cities and intentional communities. It's called the Free Cities Foundation. They're going to be talking about some of these locations. And our very own Mark Edge is going to be there to discuss it. He's going to be speaking at this event October 21st through the 23rd. 
They're going to be helping uh, settlers live freer lives. The conference theme is Parallel Structures for Progress. Uh, They're going to explore physical developments emerging and parallel structures in education and finance that offer alternatives for people looking for better ways to learn, educate their children, and invest in the future. Free Private Cities is offering you a 20% discount. All you have to do is go to their website, LifetimeLiberty.com. That's LifetimeLiberty.com. Use code FTL20, FTL like Free Talk Live, FTL20, and you can save on your tickets uh, to the event in Prague, October 21st through the 23rd. And uh, Mark hopes that you will see him there as we go to your calls. Penguin is on the line in Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Penguin. Hey guys, I heard you talking about the, the McCain thing, and yeah. um, you know there's various opinions on it. You can kind of go through your, your reactions to it, but I think um, for your listeners who are just like AM listeners and committed libertarians, I think it's good to kind of put this into um, context. Why these um, uh, Mises Caucus guys um, in, in uh, Libertarian Party in New Hampshire so want to be so just you know horrifically assaulting to a person who's Deserve it, absolutely, um, Megan McCain and her father, John McCain. Um, and it, it really goes back this – is, this is a big tendency in, in the uh, kind of the, the right wing of the, um, you know, the po- populist libertarian movement. Because after, after World War II, you know, in order to oppose the, the, the New Deal and the progressive, progressive movement, um, a bunch of different groups of people came to uh, create the conservative movement. The uh, classical liberal right libertarians, the uh, the anti-communist, you know, war hawk police state guys. They just wanted to go out and get the communists wherever they are, and the the Christian right and um, libertarians kind of always seem to, when push came to stuff, take a back seat the whole time uh, to these other ideas. And there was just intervention after intervention, right wing death squads, you know, doing the Cold War interventions and killings all over the world and doing going against the, the commie death squads and everything. And then after the um, Cold War ended, uh, the imperialism continued, the interventions and bombings continued, and then 10 years later you get the war on terror, and that just has no real end in sight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at this point, uh, the, on the right, there's really a, a, a ad appetite for actually holding these people to task, mocking them, to ridiculing them, after all these people, and after all these... You groups, think, just to clarify what you're saying, you think the right wing has an appetite to ridicule John McCain? Absolutely. Remember uh, wow. Trump during his 2016 campaign? Absolutely. Uh, first they, Bold they move, Cotton. Yeah, yeah be, Trump uh, didn't uh, like him. That much McCain, is true, McCain. but I would be very curious like to know that. what makes you say that about the right wing. I mean, they, they, aren't, they, aren't they still warmongers? It's just, you know, they're they less died. warmongery when the Democrats are in charge. The populist, the populist has sent their troops generation after generation to die in the wars, and they're just sick of it. There's an appetite to stop these wars, stop these interventions. They were calling Hillary, Hillary, uh, Hillary, the warmonger the whole time. Well, they didn't nominate Ron Paul. Right. Right. They didn't nominate Ron Paul. Well, the establishment wasn't going to let Ron Paul go anywhere, of course. Yeah, and uh, look, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. So Trump was every bit as much of a warmonger as any Republican candidate. Fact. I mean, like, this is the kind of guy who's like, no, 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 these terrorists, you got to kill their families. Well, that's what he said, although he did pull some troops out of Afghanistan, and he did try to make peace with Kim Jong-un. Oh, you mean when he could have ended the war? 
Yeah, well, yeah. Like, I mean, he, he could have ended every there, war that we're in. Yeah, he with let, the snap of his fingers. He let Biden upstage him on that one. That's and, for sure. And the fact that he chose not to end any of them meant that there were a lot of generals yeah. that went behind his back and, and Obama didn't tell was, him what the real numbers of troops were. And we had all these extra troops that he wasn't even allowed to know about all over the place. Which, guess what? If you'd ended one of these stupid wars, then you would have known that the right number to have there is zero. Yeah, but I, I mean, Obama said he was going to close Guantanamo Bay. Never yeah, happened. So, like, they're all liars. They all say whatever suits them in the moment to either help them get elected or reelected, and they do not give an F about anything else. Yeah, right. that's true. So what's the point you're trying to make here? Uh, the, the point I'm trying to make is that this is the, this is the big thing that differentiates libertarians and, and libertarians that see themselves on the right um, at, from the rest of the right. This is the defining issue. This is the one thing that they're not only good on, they're great on, and they're adamant on, and they have a lot of absolutely, I mean, and you you can also hear it in in your guys' voices, absolute hatred and disgust for these neoconservatives, which were the, you know, descendants of the, the, you know, the anti-communist interventionists. They, um, They absolutely have these opinions, hold them very strong, and... You know, as crude as they want to um, make their messaging, that uh, there's absolutely an appetite for exactly that. All right, so you're calling, you're you're, you're cheering it on. All right, fair enough. I got to say, I think that the the whole label, and and I've thought about this over a period of years. This whole neocon, neoconservative, and and uh, increasingly neoliberal labeling mm-hmm. is is a complete red herring. Well, like, like, oh, well, back in the day, conservatives believed all of this. It's like, really? Did they now? Or did they actually get us into more wars, tax the ever-loving bejesus yeah. out of us while telling us they were going to reduce taxes, increase the size and scope of the government while they were telling us they would do the opposite? Seems to me like uh, the classical conservatives were just as bad as they could possibly be at the that point. New boss Much is like the same the, as the old boss. Yep, right. Yep. So like neocon or neoliberal, like, no, there's authoritarians. You well, can have authoritarian liberals. You can have authoritarian conservatives. Thank you, Penguin, for the call tonight. Yeah. And I don't I don't buy this libertarian right, libertarian left kind of a thing. I think that if you're libertarian, I think you necessarily aren't left or right. Um, I think that's the ideal. I think there's some truth to that in that, like... At least uh, philosophically. There's people people who, like, they might have voted right in the past, and now they feel like they lean libertarian on some issues. Like, there's some gray area there, but I think that if you're going to call yourself a libertarian, that, like, by definition, you can't be the right or the left. I, I disagree on that one. I think that uh, the difference, though, is that for a libertarian, it's it's not as much of a I will impose this on everyone as much as it is a, a the values. You know, right. It's, it's, it's like it's, a contradiction in terms. It's like you can't be a Christian leaning atheist. I, I Let me see if I can clarify maybe this on this one. Uh, I get where you're coming from. And I, I tend to agree generally with your concept here captain like libertarian means something and it means you don't use violence to get your way right but everybody still has an opinion 
So libertarians still have opinions about things like abortion and drag shows and Christianity and, you know, you name okay. whatever. Uh-huh. And so the people that I would just go ahead and classify as right wing are probably the more family oriented Christian. We don't like drag shows, you know, that kind of group. And maybe the left wing is more like, yeah, whatever. Drag shows. Cool. Hey, have a good time. Have at it. We're not going to do anything. We, we, we'll, we'll go there. We'll have a good time with you. You know, that kind of thing. Whereas these others wouldn't find them find themselves there if they could help it. So I think that's kind of the division that you're right. you don't want to acknowledge. And the thing that that about them is yes, I'd like are, to acknowledge your if point. If they are true libertarians, then they have to say those that don't like drag shows have to say, well, I don't agree with them, but I wouldn't do anything about it. And that's really, you know, whether you do anything about it would make you or not make you a libertarian, right. meaning like use the police to stop it. More coming up. Gold and silver. You can own the most stable assets in recorded history with bullionmax.com. Buy direct from bullionmax.com without talking to a salesperson and your precious metals ship fully insured direct to your home. Free Talk Live can get you their silver starter kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. It includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products. This offers limited to one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here and bring up whatever you want to talk about on this live Saturday show. Of course, it's like that every day. We do it live seven nights per week. We do it live. At night Eastern Time. It's uh, again 7 to 10 Eastern here on Free Talk Live with you. It's Ian. Because not there. In all six eyes. Don't forget you can join us online. <laughs> as long as you're not part of the Five Eyes program. I've, I've been doing this every time we come back from, I've noticed, from break, yeah. hoping you would do that. And with you tonight, it's so I can say ah, old Six Eyes, and okay. you haven't done it until just now, so wow. I finally got to use it. For those listening and not watching, I'm, I'm wearing uh, reading glasses, but behind them, somehow, I've managed to work in my shades and then I, of course, have eyes, so like that would be six eyes yeah, instead of do, four man. eyes. That's pretty so. cool, man. I invented my own bifocals. <laughs> I, I wouldn't use that descriptor. <laughs> I, I think you started with cool and then like put nerdy on top of it, and that somehow mm-hmm. makes it way worse than just the nerdy would have been. Okay. I think it's cool looking. I, I'll give it to you. I don't think it's cool looking at all, but <laughs> it is effective. If the sun were out and I needed to read like you know the ingredients on a package printed really it. small, you I could do, do it, it with this particular setup. I, I always give points to people willing to wear sunglasses inside. I mean, you know. <laughs> I wear my yeah. sunglasses at oh, night. It used to be, like, required stage wear. Like, I mm, I almost geez. couldn't go on stage without wearing the wow. shades. But then... Doesn't it make it harder to play? Well, it depends on your level of intoxication, I guess. Okay. Um, I mean, if you know it, you know it. But, right? but then what happens is... But then what happens is... You know, some some light guy or something happens like during the the set that you're playing, and like all the lights go down, and then you gotta just play by feel. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's uh, how you know you're a pro, uh, right? Uh, uh, hey, you can join us online anytime you want. Just go to freetalklive.com. We do have a social media platform. We run the thing. It's not some big media tech uh, organization. It's Free Talk Lives. So you go to social.freetalklive.com. It's Mastodon, which means it's open source. It's self-hosted. It's federated, so you're connected to other Mastodons all around the planet, and you got a lot more freedom to express yourself. We were talking in the first hour, uh, for those of you just tuning in, about Meghan McCain. Normally, I wouldn't bring this person up because she's a piece of garbage, uh, like her father. But apparently, a couple days ago, on August 25th, it was the anniversary of 
John McCain's death. And the good folks over at the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire posted happy holidays and an image of Meghan McCain crying over uh, what is presumably John McCain's casket. And it stirred up a bit of controversy. Let's go to the phones and uh, talk to John in Delaware. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, John. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys, I think they ought to set a day aside at least once a year to celebrate the deaths of all these neocons and and all these warmongers, I think it's a great thing. It's, it's a celebration, man, as far as I'm concerned. These people do nothing for us. And I'm sick and tired of the whole divide between the Republicans and the demon rats. It, it's all of them against us. It is. Uh, one- it is. What day do you think that holiday should be? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me, if we're going to celebrate you know, the death of tyrants, uh, the first day that pops into my head is uh, 420 hitler's birthday (laughs) i was i was thinking what do they call it it's the day that you know you've worked all year long and then now you've paid your taxes Uh, tax freedom day tax freedom day yeah i think that that changes of course depending on the tax burden how about november 5th remember remember the 5th 5th of of november November. the Mm. gunpowder treason and plot John, what anything do you guys else? Think about the 420, April 20th, Hitler. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 420 is a happy day. I mean, I guess. All right, all right. All it's not right, the. Right. It's not the day but, Hitler died. That's the. That's his birthday. So the day he was born. And right. by the way, I just want to make clear. I, I'm not saying it's a happy day because Hitler <laughs> uh, was born. It's a happy day because 420 is a cannabis holiday. Yeah, it's man. the most Absolutely. well. There may still be some people in the audience that don't know what 420 just is. Just so you to. know. Yeah. Just we are so in support of cannabis. <laughs> There's and anti. Hitler. Uh, yes, there's probably cannabis. there's probably somebody out there right now growing a plant of marijuana, but like has tied the leaves into the swastika <laughs> or something. Honestly, that's it, that's got to be like the one trope I've never like people. heard worked into a uh, uh, like one of the uh, brand names of this strain of cannabis. What oh, were you yeah. saying there, John? Afghani Kush or whatever. No, right. I was saying I think a lot of people that that smoke. I don't. I don't think people really realize that 420 uh, Hitler's birthday. Anyway, no. you'd have to be paying close attention to history a little bit. They probably nervous, also don't so realize 420 was the that. day of the Columbine High School shooting. Right. A lot of crazy things happened on 420 historically. If you dig deep into it, man. I bet you a that's true of every day. Happens that's historically true. every day. Yeah. So, I mean, you know. John, thanks, man, people for the call tonight. I appreciate the uh, the thoughts. Appreciate hearing from you. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. Let's talk to Medi. He's in Canada. Medi, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey. So, um, hey guys, how are things? What's on your mind? I wanted to say, yeah. So uh, recently. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg went on uh, Joe Rogan, and he flat out said that, that you know, he flat out said FBI told him something was coming down the pipe or something like that, mm-hmm. and he said it met the pattern. So he said, unlike Twitter, that shut it down, that shut down the uh, what's it called, uh, Hunter Biden crack pipe uh, laptop story, or whatever. Right. That was a real thing. Uh, he said that FBI told us, so what we did, he said, is we shut it, shut down the uh, circulation of it. Which means Twitter then, obviously, why did they shut it down? Probably, I yeah, mean, probably the, FBI. the FBI told them yeah. to stop this. So isn't, isn't that, first of all, isn't that fascism, number one, the merger of state and business? Yep, sure it is. Sure is. It, it, and two, even if it wouldn't have changed the election result, isn't it bad that they were even trying to change the election result? And I'm not a Trumper. Let me just make that flat out clear. Sure. He's a war criminal. I'm I'm not a trumper for anyone listening. Yeah, I, they're obviously trying to manipulate people, obviously, and and obviously trying to influence the election. 
I mean, clearly that's what they were trying to do yes, by sidelining very that, obvious, that right. news story. Yeah. Anything right. else, Mitty? That's just what I say. And the way he said it, he said it like, like it's saying, like it's just a normal Just thing. a matter of it's fact. Crazy. Oh, yeah, the it's FBI comes in all the time. They tell us what to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, it figures because if you look at these people, they, they shake in their little booties as soon as like anyone in the government like mentions that they might need to talk about anything sure. to them. Like, especially when they get, you know, called before Congress to talk about something like they mm-hmm. they are very well aware that these people can can make them out of a job real sure. quick. They can destroy them. They're so, a criminal game. And yeah. the the only businesses, at least in the geographic area known as the United States of America, that are not in some way fascist are those that exist in the black market mm-hmm. specifically and perhaps some in what we call the gray market yeah i would i would say that uh, it is impossible to avoid fascism in a corporatist structure right I mean, a, a corporation by its nature is a part of government. You have a government legal shield in order to operate as a corporation. And as such, the government tells you what to do. That's fascism. Right. You have combined government and uh, and private enterprise. And, and Facebook has admitted as much. Uh, we know, of course, all of the banks are you know guilty as well, uh, particularly the central bankers specifically. Uh, definitely, you know, fascism. And people are like, capitalism has failed. No, fascism has failed because capitalism uh, has, we have never seen it really, unless you're uh, deeply involved in the black market or well, you're... Synchronism. That depends yeah. on what you mean by capitalism because yeah. unfortunately that's one of those words that has completely different meanings to different people. I so agree. one set of people uh, look at capitalism as free market. That's me. And another set of people look at capitalism as wealthy interests controlling government. That's not me. So that form of capitalism is firmly established. But what I'm saying is that form of capitalism isn't. It's fascism. Well, I mean, the the early corporate corporate control or government controlled corporations, corporate corporations controlling governments. Both of those things are fascist. I'm with uh, Peekless on this one. I don't use the term capitalism because I'm not real sure what it means because yeah. there's so much okay. confusion out yeah, there. Uh, free market. Though. I like free market. Free market. Me, that's literally real means opposite things to different people. And yeah. I mean, to be fair, early popularization of the term was by the Marx and the communists and all of that. So mm. like, it, it originally became very popular because of that, with that meaning. Now, the meaning has mostly shifted for, for most people to sort of be like, uh, well, capitalism, that's what we have in America. And mm. communism is what they had in the USSR. All right. Hey, thanks, Mehdi, for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. I also think free market doesn't necessarily mean capitalism because you're free to try whatever kind of economic system you want to as long as it's voluntary. So you want to have yourself a commune? That's fair. Have a commune. As long as everybody there is consenting, that's totally cool. Yeah, Yeah. in a voluntary society, all of that would be allowed as long as you don't force anybody to your preference. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think ultimately the capitalist types would win out the day because... You know, that system seems to work a lot better. But more coming up here. It is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. Live Saturday show. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want to talk about. The number is 603-283-6160. It doesn't have to be about... The monster and the monster's daughter, John and Megan McCain. Dare we say mini monster? 
John, of course, uh, passed away in 2018, and the world's a better place because uh, fewer war-mongering, horrible human beings, you know, psychopaths existing is a good thing for mankind. But we still need to have people come to that conclusion because there's still way too many people out there that think this guy deserves some sort of shred of respect. Including his daughter, very specifically. obviously she does, but there's a, a shocking number of people who should know better that want to pander to yeah. these people. And that's what was really revealed here in the last 48 hours since the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire posted an image of Meghan McCain crying over her dad's coffin uh, with the words Happy Holidays written above it and set off a firestorm of controversy, even having Meghan McCain respond by retweeting not once but several times. We read the first three, and here's another one. This is what she said about it. This photo is the most pain I've ever been in. Physically, emotionally, worse than any moment of childbirth. I thought it was going to kill me, but I didn't. And it made me the woman I am today. I'm made of steel. To anyone who feels like I did here, it passes, I truly promise. And uh, just like to remind Meghan McCain that her father had bombs dropped on human beings. So if she thought it was painful... To cry over her dad's coffin, well, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have had to do the very same thing, but also put their father into the coffin, also pick up his ragged, lifeless body from the ground, or fathers picking up their children's ragged, lifeless body or parts of it. Somebody posted, Which I gotta say, in my opinion, is necessarily worse. Picking up your children's body? Yeah, yeah. burying your oh, child yeah. is yeah. Not, not the way to things do are supposed to go. Right. But that happens. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, Burying your parent isn't pleasant if you have any kind of relationship with them, but it is kind of expected in just the way of life. Uh, There was video that um, Bonnie, one of our co-hosts, she posted recently. I don't know who originally put it up, but it was like security camera footage from inside some sort of Middle Eastern shop. And you can see there's people in the shop, and they're looking out the front windows. They're obviously staying in there for a reason. They're probably jets going over or something. Something's going on out there. Uh, we don't get that perspective, but they seem to be kind of hiding out in the store. And there's there's kids in there. And uh, at some point, a missile strikes right next to the the front of the uh, of the store. And then when the smoke clears, you can see the carnage in this in this footage. It's pretty yeah. horrifying. Uh, you know, one guy that's still breathing is kind of crawling away and leaving a trail of blood. The, the kids are apparently dead. And this woman had a tough time at a funeral. Megan McCain cried at a funeral. It was the hardest day of her life. There's more. She tweets again. How I survived the grief. God, friends, family, intense therapy, medication. People die all the time. I'm not trying to take away... Especially when Meghan McCain has a say in the matter. Yeah, I'm not trying to take away that it is difficult for a lot of people when they lose a loved one. There's no doubt about that. But your experience, Ms. McCain, is not uncommon, right? And a lot of people are able to understand that death is part of life and know that if you had a loved one who had a brain tumor, for instance... It's probably a blessing in disguise. Somebody that's perhaps going to be in a uh, terminal state, in a difficult uh, you know, place physically, 
Sometimes death is the best thing that can happen for for somebody like that. But regardless, it's going to happen. Yeah. So why not just come to grips with that? I don't understand all of the, you know, the caterwauling that goes on about oh, this. It's, uh, it's for attention. Mm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is 100% for attention. Like, why else would she retweet this thing? Several times. I think right. we're up to number six. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, the the defining quality of the modern world is it is the victory of the victim. The victim is the highest possible thing that you can be in our society. It is the people who deserve the most attention, the most care, the most resources, the least criticism, uh, the least scrutiny of their actions and their motivations. And, oh, look, I got an opportunity to be more of a victim. Let me retweet that over and over and over again. When people die, they're handled, uh, their deaths are handled in different ways. And I've always appreciated the people that say, you know what, when I die, throw me a party. I don't want to have some awful wake and people viewing a casket and crying and, you know. That's what I say. Hey, 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 the wake is actually the party. Right, that's okay. what that's what we're saying. Though, I mean, is like accurate uh, terminology is important. Sorry, I didn't, honestly, I didn't like, know what a wake was. I thought that was the whole thing where people are crying. And, no, uh, no, that's the funeral. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. No, the uh, the wake uh, the procession, the, the uh, reception, yeah. but the wake is the shindig. Like the Irish yeah. have it right. Uh, you okay. should have a, a wake, uh, a party to yeah. celebrate. Like when celebrate I die, the life yeah. When I person. die, I don't want people. I don't want a funeral. No. Right. I want a party. Throw a party. Yeah. Be like. Captain was a party dude. Throw a party. Exactly. Right? Exactly. This is what he would have wanted. That kind of thing. I'm going to skip. She's got more. I mean, she posts two or three more times. I'm going to skip to the last one here uh, because it's all about her grief. The, the other ones are all about her grief. Me, 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 me. And me, then me, in the last one, she says, also, it's truly a mystery why no one ever takes libertarians and their failure of a pseudo political party seriously. And then she's got the little winky guy with the, th- uh, the tongue sticking out at that one. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. So um, the good news is, Megan, uh, we've got people here in New Hampshire who are like the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, who support the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. The Libertarian Party of New Hampshire is on the rise as far as its relevance within the Libertarian movement, and for good reason. They are one of the few Libertarian parties out there that really sticks to principle. Now, more of them have come in this direction in in recent years, mm-hmm. and even the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire was bad on yeah. imaging in, in the recent past. It barely even existed a decade ago, yep. uh, and now they've really kind of rev- revved things up, and they've done a great job. But one of the most important takeaways from this whole situation has been the filtering effect there have been a bunch of people who should know better people who call themselves libertarians and generally seem to be fairly decent libertarians who have who have wrung their hands about this publicly oh how could you how could the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire scrape so low as to as to make fun of this warmongering C-word? Yeah. Hmm. yeah, and I gotta say, to all of the monsters out there, brace yourselves. This is the beginning. What do you mean by that? The Libertarian Party finally got its act together. Mm-hmm. Like they're tired nationally, of you're yeah, nationally. Yeah, well, nationally and as a result, a lot of the state parties have also gotten their act together. Mm-hmm. So, like a lot of this, like beating around the bush and sort of trying to be on both sides of the fence, that's over with. We're done with that. We are going to be bold in our messaging, mm-hmm. and we're going to be effective. And 
brace yourself because this is going to keep happening. We will continue to disrespect all of the monsters that are causing genocides throughout the world. And we're just going to get better at it. I love that. Uh, the idea of disrespecting the system because I think that's one of the key differences. Yes. It's a key schism in the libertarian movement. There's the people who are the appeasers who want to be buddies with the system to try to change it from the inside. And then there's those that, yeah, they're willing to run for office, but they don't respect the process or their other candidates in the other parties. More coming up. Free Talk Live. We think podcast our full radio show has been holding us back. Most podcasts aren't two hours long per show, and the constant resetting we do for radio might be turning off podcast listeners. Riley's Daily Digests have been going for years, so we're going to lengthen them and make them our official podcast starting September 1st. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll continue, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. FTL Amps will continue to receive the full radio show with no commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Free Talk Live, Live Saturday show continuing here. Phones are open as always. If you want to join us, you can bring up anything that's on your mind. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nicholas Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. And I want to make sure that uh, you know that there is a Crypto 6 movie being worked on. Well, hopefully. I guess they're looking to uh, raise some money. The producers... It's a Mexican film crew that came up here several months ago and did some shooting about the whole Crypto 6 situation, which for those of you that don't know what that is. That is is filming. They didn't really do any shooting. Shooting video. (laughs) Uh, For those that don't know what that is, it is uh, the situation where the FBI, you know, those trustworthy folks, (laughs) came into our studio at 6 in the morning and the homes of multiple co-hosts and friends of the show raided and arrested six people and that is an insane situation where they're trying to put Arya and I, who are the, the two remaining, basically, that are going to go to trial at this point, uh, put us away in uh, prison cells for the rest of our lives for completely victimless financial, quote-unquote, crime. So mm-hmm. there's a, a film that could be made out of this, a documentary film. You can go to movie.freetalklive.com. You can see the trailer for it there. I know you can't really talk about the case, but there yeah. was a pretty great write-up, I think, in the Keen Sentinel of all places that outlined uh, sort of the whys about the the motions that were filed recently uh, with regards to a recent Supreme Court ruling about Mm -hmm. how laws get made and how that affects the Crypto 6 case. Uh, The article itself was rather factual and Mm -hmm. wasn't like uh, a smear piece at all. I think they maybe had a new writer or they mistakenly didn't put any slant on the article or something. But I, I was blown away by like the amount of factual information that made me feel like uh, the case is, you know, could take a turn depending on the findings of these motions. So I have a quick question on that matter. So the um, money that was transmitted that they're accusing anyway, um, the money they're referring to, is that U.S. dollars, is that cryptocurrency, or is that both? 
Um, like which what which are they referring to as money in the accusation? I don't know. That's a good question, right? Because yeah. we won't know until they put their case on. Right. That's because uh, uh, to my mind, uh, cryptocurrency has never officially been admitted to be money. Well, now that's going to be an interesting discussion that uh, will have to happen during the trial. But yeah, that's another interesting viewpoint on this. But yeah, yeah. you can go to uh, movie.freetalklive.com and you can learn more about it there and see the trailer. Let's go to Major Payne. He's on the line in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Major. Hey, guys. Peace and good evening. Yeah, um, what's up? Thank you. Good night. <laughs> oh, how many times can I suck your neck before you slap my face? All right. Not I'm not sure what you just said, but I don't want you to say it again. Go right ahead. What were you calling about tonight? Uh, he was talking about vampires. <laughs> oh, he said suck your yeah, blood. Yeah, I okay, I wasn't sure if that, I, uh, I also I misheard neck. that. <laughs> oh, it was neck. Okay, I I neck. got it. Okay. okay. It sounded uh, like something else, uh, but uh, go ahead, sir. Yeah, what were you calling about? You know the roulette wheel of my mind rolls quickly. Sometimes I'm like the captain. Things just jump in my head and roll off my tongue. My filter lacks. All right, man. Just remember, we're on the radio. What were you calling about tonight? I know. I do. I do. I've only been dumped once or twice. I think I've done pretty well. <laughs> like half a dozen times. All right. What were you calling about tonight, uh, Major? Well, you guys were talking about warmongers. And I'm going to take you all the way from the birth of the Texas Rangers to the death of John Kennedy. But what I want y'all to keep in mind is this uh, conspiracy theories that we've all been told are hoo-ha. Even Alex Jones has been true 95% of the time, dude. <laughs> right? Okay, now, so let's go to the Texas Rangers. And George Herbert Walker Bush. Herbert Walker was the captain of the Texas Rangers. And there was a problem with the pistols they was packing at that time. <clears throat> they had like a little sliding wedge gizmo that attached the barrel to the chassis. And if you're riding along chasing Comanches or getting shot at by Comanches, and you drop that little wedge, you're screwed. So they came up, him and Colt came up with a new pattern of pistol where they had a uh, lug-locking device on the barrel that, uh, doubled as a ball pusher and held the pin in place that held the cylinder centered on the trigger, right? There's a joke so in there, there somewhere. So there was no part to drop. But this takes us all back to old political street cred and how George Herbert Washburn Bush earned his original badge of honor. I'm going to go Alex Jones on you here. When JFK was shot, the trajectory of the bullet that caught him in the neck was coming from downhill, not up on the grassy knoll. Mm -hmm. And in Texas, they are prone to deluges of water. So the uh, culvert system is enough room for a man to stand in and be a sniper. Mm -hmm. Herbert Walker Bush was the shooter. Oh, really? Bold yeah, I gotta, move, Cotton. I, I got to disagree with you on that one. Uh, so you, you're right about the upper, upward angle. Um, it actually wasn't a bullet because uh, it was a shotgun. 
Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I I studied the JFK assassination thing for quite a while and noticed like, okay, here's where the official story always overlaps. Uh, one of one of which is like they always always do the like one frame at a time of mm-hmm. the Zapruder film. And the thing is, by examining the individual frames, you you avoid the most important piece of information from that film, which is the rate. Because if you actually watch the original, uh, the rate of it shows that the car almost stops. So the driver was absolutely in on that thing. Mm. So, like, I mean, for one thing... like, It's a lot easier to hit a uh, stationary target. Right, right. So, I mean, for one thing, if you're a getaway driver of any kind, you don't keep looking behind you. Like, you jam on the gas and try not to hit things getting out of there. Mm. Whereas that driver repeatedly looks back over his shoulder because he's got to find out whether or not he has to play his part. And there's there was then and is now a mark on the on the asphalt where he had to come to a near complete stop right in front of that uh, uh, drainage ditch thing uh, that. Uh, goes... So you believe what uh, Major Payne is saying is that someone shot from a drainage yes, ditch? Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and one of the things, so like uh, the why wasn't it H. W. Bush? Why wasn't it H. W. Bush? Right. Uh, because it was actually uh, uh, just this teenage kid that did it. Um, so if you if you want to look into all of the like the uh, the whole detail of this thing gets uh, laid out in uh, JFK to nine eleven. Hmm. Um, and and who's the teenage kid? Was he another Patsy I, or something? I forget what his name is, but he was just this uh, you know this young tough, this little ruffian who was you know uh, getting in with the the mafia and trying to you, you mean know, the federal prove government. Himself. <laughs> no, no, no. The uh, the 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 uh, non-monopoly. The actual mafia, mo- mafia yeah. was involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so specifically on this one, um, the money came from the oil companies. Uh, the uh, all of the intelligence work and the planning came from the CIA, and the the actual shooters themselves, mm. the the assassins, were uh, were contacted by the uh, the La Cosa Nostra, uh, the Italian mafia, Sicilian mafia. Um, which had had uh, had direct contact with the CIA uh, and the army before that. So what had happened? Uh, World War Two. Uh, their instructions were to undermine all of the fascist uh, uh, power bases. But the only effective way of doing that was to get power from the fascist government back to the mafia, and that's when the U.S. Army had had developed those contacts in the first time in the first place. And well, the U.S. military never let those contacts go away because they were terribly useful. Wow. Man. I had never heard of the uh, the whole culvert y'all, story y- before. Y'all mofos put me to shame. <laughs> I don't know much about it at all. Uh, thank you for the call tonight. Definitely appreciate it, Major Payne. The number here is 603-283-6160. Yeah. Yeah, uh, one of the big tells is in the Hollywood movie, they repeated like a mantra, back into the left, back into the left. Where mm-hmm. did that come from? Back to Back into the left. Wrong up into the left because he was shot from below. Maybe that's where they saw America going after it happened. Yeah. Back Which is why life. his head exploded was because it was a shotgun, not a regular bullet. Why would they give a kid a shotgun? How close was this kid? He was because he was the last ditch effort and it was about like two meters. In, in a ditch. Wow. Yeah. Last ditch effort. Yeah. <laughs> All right. More, more coming up here. Uh, the number 603-283-6160 and you can join us here. It's Free Talk Live. Talk live, yes indeed, and we'll take your calls about anything you want to discuss. Anything here 
on this radio program. There's actually news that we can get to as well, which I know, Captain, you wanted to talk about a situation developing out in Los Angeles where they may be forcing hotels to take in homeless people. Uh, do you want to get into that story? Plus, a secretive meeting happened recently with some no, banker not types. No? Not secretive. Was just, it published? Uh, unpublished? Uh, they, they, did, it was definitely published and announced, and they had like a, a televised. They, uh, really? uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had one at uh, 10 o'clock uh, uh, on the 26th. So. Some sort of meeting of bankers in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to tell us about that, Peakless, when we get the chance. But first, we're going to continue with your calls and thoughts. First up, Sarah is on the line in New Hampshire. Thank goodness she's not in New Hampshire. <laughs> New Mexico. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just so excited that I know that New Mexico is going to follow suit with California. We're, we're going to be one of those states that are going to be hurried up to make all the ca- cars electric because we've always been Ugh. pumped up for electric charging stations and um, parking spaces and all that. Hey, you know, Sarah, years before. How, how do they make the electric batteries for those cars? Slave labor? I, I don't know. I guess they do it in China. You know, but I think a lot of the um, you should you should look it up because a whole bunch of fossil fuels are burned. Well, right. Also, aren't yeah. a lot of the the uh, chemicals that they use in the batteries brought about through like basically slave labor in Africa? I or believe so. Like yes, there, there's something uh, to if that. I recall correctly. So it's yeah. also part of why there was a war in Afghanistan was because that's where most of the lithium deposits that mm. uh, we wanted to get to were. But that's and, all okay with you, right, Sarah? And, and here's the thing. So, like, okay, you're using less oil, but, okay, where do you think electricity comes from? Because we aren't allowed to make nuclear power, so mm. a huge amount of that is coming from coal. Yep. So you just have coal-powered cars. Well, not, not here in New Mexico. we got so much sunshine that we have solar-powered electricity. Yeah, do you know um, how, do you know how solar panels solar are built? Again, solar panel creation requires a significant amount of petrochemicals in order to work. Like, all of this is coming from oil, Sarah. Okay, here's the thing. that Whatever that pollution that you're talking about with batteries and solar cells, all that is a minuscule to the percentage of the, the air pollution that get polluted from gasoline cars. So yeah, yeah, you know it's a small. It's um, air pollution I mean, it's like coming from coal-fired electricity plants is pretty bad too. It sounds like Sarah's against pollution, and mm. if that's true, then Sarah should, in theory, be against the one organization that is the largest polluter on planet Earth: the U.S. military. Correct. Well, of course. I, that's why I always say that I'm a, I'm entitled to my ABT and disability check because what they waste on me, what they pay me, and then $7 billion, what they give to Ukrainian wars, they spent like half of the taxes on the war efforts. You know what I mean? And so, they, Sarah, and is, uh, so Sarah what you're saying is you're anti-war? Well, I mean, haven't you figured out? I, uh, why, why do I want uh, war? But wait, aren't you so in favor of the Russian government invading Ukraine? Um, well, yeah, but that's... Uh, well, then you're not well, anti-war. Certainly not. Well, you know, I'm, I'm more concerned about the U.S. starting wars. That's, oh, so it's totally okay for the Russian military to go and burn fossil fuels in order to kill uh, peaceful people in other parts of the world. That's fine by you? Well, it's to instill in 
socialism. And oh, that is as long as the reason government. is what you agree with, then the killing ends people justify the means. Is it totally doesn't fine. matter how much blood it takes, as long as we get our communist utopia. Well, they they force you into it. They, people don't. The communists. Yes, don't have that's to what they have to do. They yet. have to force you into communism because sane people would not join communism on their own volition. Well, if they knew what what it was about, but I wanted to go back to our. No, that- no, they still wouldn't join because most people who are sane understand the value of property and they understand that it's a good idea for humans to respect property rights so people can have things and do things with those things put them to use build new things from them build businesses that have never existed before offer uh, innovative products and services to the market to make things better rather than relying on a bunch of centralized bureaucracies to try to figure things out most people understand that freedom works and forcing people against their will is counter to, you know, sort of the, the nature of humanity. But you don't understand that, Sarah, because you've always lived off the largesse of others. You've always been a mooch. Well, the thing about it is that the capitalism, if it's unchecked, if they're not unbound, they become like our landlords, they become so greedy. The uh, hang on, hang on. Hold on. Hold on, Sarah. Uh, I, I want to check what I, I want to make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. When you say capitalism, what do you mean? Like you're like capitalism, okay, if okay. unchecked, will wait. What if it okay, wasn't well, checked? For example, the real estate market, look at the way it is now. The rent is so high. You can't own a house because they're so greedy. It's capitalism. No. So where everybody's getting thrown out on the no, no. Uh, housing is, is one of the most regulated markets that we have. Sorry, Sarah. The okay, uh, rating, cool. the rental rates are going up because housing prices are going up because the government, the central government that you love so much, is printing out trillions of dollars. And that is meaning that the prices of everything is going up. And, you know, this is basic economics. No, it's not. It's Printing no. money is not capitalism. No, so, running over. So, Sorry, you're so, just wrong. Okay. So when you say capitalism, do you mean like just the transfer of money uh, without government intervention? Is that what you're talking about? Okay, so you see, ownership of property, you said. Okay, they own the property. They're going to make the prices of the houses whatever they want. No, it doesn't they, work they, they, that they, way. Everybody else, wages That's not so how it works. Here's the thing, Sarah. If you If you try and sell something for more than people are willing to pay for it, then you don't sell it. So they can't actually put any price they want to on it. Right. If I tried to sell this $200,000 house for $700,000, it's never going to sell because the market understands it's not worth that. So no one in their right mind would pay that price. Sarah, you just don't understand basic economics and how prices are set and how people come to agreements on things because you've never had to worry about the price of things. You You just spend other people's money. So do you think capitalism works so well? We got like two million homeless people or more. I think now. free markets work well. We don't have free markets. Yeah, and also uh, the the marketplace is the system where mankind can not only serve his fellow man but also do well in the process, rather than any other system which requires death and destruction and murder and all that fun stuff because you're just trying to take what other people have and since you mentioned the homeless problem one of the and in the context of the housing one of the biggest problems with housing is that it 
you have incredibly high standards mm. that have to be met. So Building you standards, right, you mean? Right, exactly. So you can't make just sort of a, a cheap, shoddy thing that is, you know, better than nothing that will right. get someone off the streets. Keep the rain give out. Someone, right, give yep. someone a rudimentary home where they can, okay, build on that to where they can afford something that's a little less shoddy mm-hmm. and then a little less shoddy. None of those low steps are, are legally allowed. Right, and, so that means that people with with very limited or no income can't even afford to buy or live in a tiny home and we all know that that would be the the, the step that's missing right now and it is missing right. precisely as you say because of government regulations and even if you're building it to these high standards you still end up having to grease the palms of a bunch of politicians or else you won't be allowed to build thanks sarah for the call tonight she did mention the term if left unchecked and this is the kind of the fear-mongering that comes around with the idea of free markets. It's like, whoa, we can't just let people be free. we got to have a government bureaucracy out there to make sure to check these actors in the market. Yeah, people they can't be allowed somebody. to make their own decisions. They could hurt somebody. A house could fall in upon itself. We have to have a bureaucrat that comes around and makes sure that everything's okay, and you have to pay him, and no, he writes out don't. pieces of paper. But what about the houses? I mean, they could they could fall in. Somebody's electricity could uh, the electrical wires could catch fire. There's all these dangers, Captain. I mean, this all is a of dangerous- those things could happen with government regulation. Mm-hmm. And it's worth pointing and out, and probably do more frequently. You know, since she started this whole thing in sort of an environmental bend, okay, well, here's the reason that we have all these environmental problems is because no one's allowed to effectively bring anything to court over environmental degradation. Mm-hmm. And that's un- an unfortunate part of the legal tradition that we inherited from uh, from England. They decided that it was for the greater good that all of these uh, industrial plants pollute the air to the point where people are literally dying and you can't bring them to court for that. And since we inherited that, no one has been effectively able to really bring these uh, to court so that we can solve these problems. The other thing is the check on the market is the market. It's the other people out there. The buyer beware. Uh, Captain, you're interested in buying a home right now. You've got to do certain inspections, not because you you have to do them, but because it's good for you to yeah. know what you're You'd getting into. You'd be dumb into. not to. Right. And insurance companies also won't insure you unless you have that stuff. More coming up. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join us online and do that anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass Buckshot Esquire, if you will. I want to get into this story that you have, Captain, about the hotels in Los Angeles. Apparently, there's some sort of proposal in front of the city council there uh, to, or maybe it's the county. I'm not sure. I've not seen the story. But to mandate that hotels rent extra rooms out to homeless people. A controversial measure. Indeed. Tell us about it. Oh, well, right now. I thought you were teasing the story. Oh, we teased it already. (laughs) All right. Uh, From the Los Angeles time, LA voters to decide whether hotels must rent vacant rooms to unhoused Angelinos. A controversial measure that would require hotels in Los Angeles to provide vacant rooms to homeless people will go before voters in 2024, the city council decided Friday. City council, apparently. Maybe they get to this, but 
requires them to rent to them at a certain rate. So a lot of this that was my isn't thought, is like are you, uh, is the city going to pay for these uh, mm-hmm. these extra rooms here or are you just saying in order to have a hotel here's what you have to do? A, a lot of this isn't spelled out clearly as to how it all is supposed to work. Oh, we got to pass the bill before we find right. out what's in it. Gotcha. But we'll find out it if we get to it. If not, I'll <laughs> I'll ad lib it for you. Okay. Uh, the council rejected an option that would have skipped the public vote and enacted the ordinance directly. Huh. Surprise! <laughs> Instead, voting 12 to 0 to send the measure to the ballot. The initiative is backed by the union Unite Here Local 11, which had already gathered enough signatures to place it on the ballot. The vote came after a lengthy animated public comment session with the majority of speakers opposing direct approval of the measure. Gee, wonder why. Well, it's, it allows the politicians to blame the people if this goes through. Right? Oh, well, we didn't do it. Yeah. It's the will of the people. Under the proposal, hotels would be required to regularly report the number of vacant rooms they have to the city's housing department. Uh, a program, a program, run through the department would then make referrals and pay, quote, fair market rate, unquote, for the lodging <laughs> using prepaid vouchers. Uh, okay. Mm, uh, hotels would be prohibited from discriminating against homeless Angelinos for their participation in this program or the fact or perception that they are unhoused. The proposal comes as city officials are gradually closing one of the signature programs set up to address the homelessness during the COVID-19 pandemic, Project Room Key, which turned multi-story hotels into makeshift shelters. And we covered that on Free Talk Live when it was going on during the COVID thing where they were like, oh, and they took over some hotels that were, you know, maybe they were teetering on business or whatever, and they didn't have anywhere to put the homeless. So they're just like, whoa, we'll put them over here. So that program is coming to an end. And trashed the place, most likely. So that particular program is coming to an end. This program is going to replace that program so that nobody looks like they're kicking the homeless out on the streets. Well, and now it sounds like every hotel will be forced to participate. Yeah. Previously, it was, I don't know, if was it was it mandatory on every hotel, or was it just hotels that were desperate for cash since they weren't allowed to even take any customers normally? Uh, would... I don't remember. the they, they weren't forced to, but like it was almost as if they had no choice, mm. right, because of the fact that they weren't allowed to. They had no other know. revenue. Yeah. So the thing that strikes me about this is this might actually be a good idea, and we will never know. Because like if they if they if there was a charity that was you know to help ho- house the homeless right and their and their method of doing so was to say hey you've got all these rooms that aren't making you any money we can pay for those in order to house these uh, homeless angelinos that might actually be a good solution and Not if we they trash will the never place. know because this is being mandated instead of uh, instead of remaining optional. I get what you're saying. The reason why a lot of hotels wouldn't want to participate in this is because these people are generally not known for taking good care of things. Right. right? Now, I'm not saying that's true about all homeless people. I'm mm-hmm. sure there's some homeless people that were real good at cleaning their house when they had one and they got thrown out on the street because of bad circumstances, lost job or whatever. I'm not talking about those people. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the ones.
ones that are on the streets and they don't give an F. They're drunk all the time. They're high on crack. They're high on heroin. And they're going to destroy those hotel rooms. And it's going to be awful. And if this was a voluntary program put on by a charity instead of being forced by the government, then we could find out with the market, okay, how much of a mess are they creating? Mm -hmm. Are they making so much of a mess that what you end up having to pay either in damages or in uh, hiring a a maid service for a longer period of time makes it not actually worth having those empty rooms filled in a, in, in a market we could discover that using True. the price mechanism yeah so the idea of filling vacant rooms on a voluntary basis at some sort of a discount or paid for by charity uh reminds me of when like uber first came to be mm. right they were like oh there's an excess of empty seats in vehicles <laughs> how do we leverage that mm-hmm. and make that into a business right uh, that benefits everybody, right? Mm. And it was cheap and, you know, it almost put taxis completely out of business mm. in some places until government stepped in. So I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, and I was I was a little taken back. You're like, this might be a good idea. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then, oh, if it were voluntary, right? Yeah, that is the caveat. Yeah. We will never know if this was a good idea or a terrible idea because we're going to keep doing it or not doing it regardless of the effect. Yeah. Uh, The proposed program has no designated source of funding and would be contingent on funding being secured by July 1st, 2023, according to a report from the Los Angeles City Attorney's Office. Well, they'll figure that out. They'll raise taxes. Yeah, of course they will. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because the proposal's backers had gathered enough signatures to get the measure onto the ballot, the council had three options when it came up Friday, adopt it into law directly, call a special election, or place it on the ballot during the next regularly scheduled election, under election timing rules, that would be March 5th, 2024, the primary. Oh, wow. Okay. If approved, the proposal would also require new projects with more than 100 rooms or units to obtain a conditional use permit that would take the market demand for hotel and community impacts into consideration. A new license. Come again? Ah. A new license. For all new hotels. If this thing is approved... The proposal would also require new projects, new hotels, with more than 100 rooms or units to obtain a conditional use permit that would take the market demand for hotel and community impacts into consideration. I don't even know what all that means. Yeah, it just means that that there's going to be, they have to establish more bureaucrats to determine what the Uh. market demand for hotel and community uh, impact is to hotels with more than a hundred rooms, gotcha. and I'm I'm thinking so that's they could how be they're denied gonna... based on oh well, there's already too many hotels in this area or something. Right, like that. right. Hold on, let me hire a bunch of my friends first. The proposal would add new affordable housing requirements for most new hotel developments that replace existing housing units, requiring the developments to include a corresponding number of new affordable housing units at the hotel or in the surrounding neighborhood, forcing your business to do stuff your business otherwise wouldn't want Mm -hmm. to do. Many hotel owners and operators spoke vehemently against the proposal, arguing that it would unfairly burden hotels and hurt their ability to do business. I just wouldn't open a hotel in Los Angeles. No. I mean, the hell with uh-uh. that. No, no, no way. Um, I can't think of anything that I would do in Los, in Los Angeles. Angeles. Yeah. I mean, That's and, a fact. And especially business-wise. I mean, dear Lord, it, it is nearly impossible to to functionally run any part of the economy in, in a stifled area like right. that. Why don't the people who signed this petition 
because they said there was a petition that a bunch of people signed yep. saying, well, we want to ma- mandate hotels do this. If they really wanted to help homeless people, they'd buy one of those hotels because I'm sure somebody in the hotel business is like, I want out of this place. I mean, all the stupid regulations they got to deal with. Sure, I'll sell it to you. Here you go. See ya. I'm retiring or I'm going to go open a yep. hotel in Utah or something like that. And uh, you buy your own hotel and turn it into a, ho- a homeless shelter. Well, how are they supposed to pay the land taxes then? Well, maybe they could get the city to waive the, the taxes since they're so in favor of, of helping homeless people. And look, I'm not against helping homeless people. I donate to the local homeless shelter here, and it's a privately run shelter here in Keene, New Hampshire. So let's see them do it themselves. Yeah. D- direct action is always the way instead of forcing other people to do what you want. I can't imagine being the maid at one of these hotels and oh, having no. to clean up. I mean, it's bad enough having to clean up after normal customers, I'm sure. But somebody who is, you know, people who are known for just peeing in the streets and doing all kinds of drugs, it's going to be ugly. There's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. talk live live saturday show phones are open you can join us here and bring up whatever you want uh this time next week there's gonna be a major change we're gonna throw the switch on in the middle of the week uh with the free talk live podcast we <gasps> no. we think and maybe we're wrong about change? this i don't know i don't know but we're gonna try it and we're gonna find out could be a huge mistake our listeners will let us know could be the right thing to do i don't know but we think that our uh, podcast has maybe been ho- uh, kind of held back by the fact that we're, we've been podcasting the full radio show. We do a three-hour radio show every night. We cut out the commercial breaks. We cut out the news breaks. And when you do that from a three-hour radio show, you get about a two-hour long podcast. So we've got a two-hour long block of talk content that we put out every single uh, night via our RSS feed podcast. And we've been doing that as long as podcasts have existed and you know the fact is hasn't really grown that much so maybe it's because podcast listeners don't want to hear a whole radio show maybe the the human attention span has shrunk in my opinion that's true uh and maybe there's i disagree maybe there's some things about well and some people are not happy with this decision uh but maybe there is something about radio that doesn't really translate that great to a podcast podcasts kind of a you know people that actually do podcasts just to do a podcast uh they don't have to worry about people tuning in all the time right right? when we're on the radio there's always somebody getting in their car putting the key in the ignition and you know for the first time hearing our show and we got to tell them who we are we got to tell them where we are you know what we're talking about that kind of thing constantly throughout the show does that really need to be in the podcast some would say no it shouldn't be in the podcast so we're going to have a more slimmed down version uh it's called the free talk live daily digest it's been going on for many years thanks to riley blake who is uh, has been doing it on a volunteer basis just because he loves free talk live and hopefully people have been uh, sending him donations over the years i have uh thank you for that and he does great work because a lot of people really appreciate his work he has been taking a two out what is a two hour long per night, seven night, seven night a week podcast, and cutting it down to about 30 minutes, yep. roughly. So we talked to Riley and we said, you know, look, we want to bring you on officially to do this for us. We'd like you to make it longer. How about 45 minutes to an hour, somewhere in that range? And so I think he's he's hitting 45, 50 minutes uh, at, at this point. So the digest has been extended. So it's now a longer digest. Uh, so it'll f- focus on more of what we've been discussing. And the idea is we're going to take the full podcast away from the full or the full radio show 
out of the podcast. So it'll just be digest episodes. It'll be a lot easier for people to consume, hopefully easier to share because they'll be smaller. You're not asking somebody to listen to a full two hour long show. Right, I believe in the industry they call that more digestible. Hopefully he'll be able to pick out the best parts of the show, which I believe he does. Uh, you know, what is the, you know, there's always going to be stronger and, and weaker points. I mean, we, we would love for every show to be you know, the best all two hours consistently, right. but we all know yes, that we would. there's ups and downs in any in any given show. So maybe the podcast that he creates will have more of the ups and there'll just be a better listening experience. And the idea is that maybe if more people share that and they like that better, maybe more people will listen to it. So or maybe we'll be completely So in wrong. terms of the timing, we will F around and find out? We're going to find out. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, it's a pretty serious thing. To, it's pretty, I wouldn't call it effing around. I mean, we're making a serious <laughs> change. Some people aren't going to be happy about it. But the fact is, if you do still want to receive the full radio show, the full experience of everything that you've always heard, uh, that'll still be available through the AMPS program. You can go to amps.freetalklive.com. That's been there for those folks. Uh, commercial Recorded commercial-free podcast of the show has been there for years and that's going to continue so that's one way you can get it you can also get it by listening live we're on live 7 to 10 at night eastern time every single day obviously that'll continue uh we also have a live stream that you can listen to that plays the latest show back 21 hours a day and then the other three is the live show so that's there for you You can tune into that and just kind of needle drop into the show anytime you want and then of course there's uh the odyssey channel which has mm-hmm. archives of all of our shows in video format obviously those have the commercial breaks included in them but well, you can skip those whatever yep. uh so you can go to video.freetalklive.com so it's not like you won't have ways yeah. and, to get uh, the full radio show and, and uh, related to that if uh, as long as you don't have an iphone i think uh the uh library uh, uh app will also work because sure because what i'm used to doing is you know downloading the podcast and then i'll usually play it at double speed because i'm i'm accustomed to your voices enough that mm-hmm. i can i can pick can them make up it easily out. yeah um, and that one lets you, it, it, I mean, takes a little more space, but you still have the ability to download the full episode and then play it back at double speed. The video so, even. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that feature uh, was there. It's good to know. So that's happening this coming week. Just wanted to give you guys a heads up about it. I'll be posting about it at freetalklive.com, you know, all the details and the links that, that you'll need to, uh, you know, to continue with whatever your preferred listening habits are. And hopefully you'll like the changes. Uh, and if you don't like it, well join the amps program we'd appreciate your support that way all right let's go to jill she's on the line in virginia you're on free talk live go ahead jill yeah this new proposal about uh, people not having to pay their debts when they got college loans mm. and making the taxpayers pay it instead mm. i've heard plenty of outrage in it over this obvious injustice i think the only way it could positively shall i go turn my radio down I can't hear it. You're fine. Okay. The only way it could pos- possibly have a thin veneer of plausibility is if the ex-students were allowed to take the colleges to court and sue them for criminal fraud, for te- for teaching them, a, giving them an education, and pretending it was going to help them get a job when it doesn't. And that's the mm. only way, way it would have any plausibility at all. Yeah, and I mean, the government well, that- certainly caused this overpricing 
of college tuition yeah, by by doing something that they call guaranteed student loans. And what this does is uh, it says that if the student defaults on the loan, then the government will pay the school and then the government will, in effect, be the debt collector. And then uh, the real caveat there, of course, is that if you have this type of debt and you fail to pay it, you cannot write that off by filing a bankruptcy. It does not go away. There is no forgiveness of that. Right. So even if the rest of your life completely falls apart, you can't get a job, you can't start a business, and you file for bankruptcy where all of your debts are forgiven, well, all of your debts except for mm. the student the loans, one. because the government is now uh, your master in that respect. So they literally caused this whole thing to happen, and now they're trying to pawn it off on, well, everybody else without actually addressing the problem. And they are, I presume they are going to print money in order to pay these rather than just wiping the debts off the books, right? Mm, right. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and I, I'm glad that you pointed out the the only like major leg that it has to stand on in terms of like, okay, well, these students were defrauded about this education. Sure. But the fact of the matter is, Jill, that we don't have a functional court system. Like I, I'm not sure how much attention you pay, but uh, to to this particular aspect of government, but uh, our courts are terrible, and especially when it comes to like taking to court like a a, a fundamental institution mm-hmm. of of government and uh, training people. Good luck. Yeah, I mean they're, it, it they're makes... never going to let it come out that it that it's just common knowledge that that our our schools are are useless. Well, and and Jill, thanks for the call. Thanks for bringing this up here tonight. It's definitely been in the news this week with the whole student loan forgiveness thing uh it does make me wonder has anybody ever sued a college over misrepresenting to students see you know why they should join why they should spend a hundred thousand dollars with these institutions has that ever happened or are they protected from being sued kind of like the you know the vaccine manufacturers Mm -hmm. are uh there's more coming up here thanks jill it's free talk live it's free talk live you can join us here and bring up whatever you want the number is 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live has a, a way for you to directly support the show. We mentioned it in the last segment. It's called the AMPS program. It's Patreon. You can join it as Cat Cooper has done. Cat is contributing a uh, silver level, which is 5 bucks a month to AMPS. You can do that like Cat over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. You can join with uh, your credit card, your debit card, your PayPal account, and we sure do appreciate it. It's a way for you to help advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live and what we do here on the air directly uh, through amps.freetalklive.com. We go back to your phone calls and thoughts. Kane is calling us, listening to WAVH-FM Talk down in Mobile, Alabama. Go ahead, Kane. Hey, man. Uh, I'm just uh, calling about some bitcoin information i'm i'm kind of started to get into uh investing in it and i'm just nice. wondering what kind of safeguards are in place for let's say you don't have internet access mm-hmm. for some you know for some reason let's say the you know worst case scenario they start shutting down you know the government starts shutting down uh internet access mm-hmm. for, for whatever reason and so how do you still use Bitcoin if that's the case? There's uh, There's been a couple of experiments done recently, too, uh, and folks continue to work on these ideas. Uh, Bitcoin has been successfully transmitted via radio. 
recently, mm-hmm. like within the past year or so. Packet radio, ham packet right. radio. Yeah. Right. And so that is, you know, one method. Um, technically, because it's just information, as long as a digital device can communicate with another digital device, doesn't have to be over the internet. Mm-hmm. Could be through Bluetooth. Bluetooth, could be through, you know, some other form of communication between mm-hmm. devices, a, a local mesh uh, Ethernet, a mesh network, mm-hmm. right? As long as two devices, digital devices can communicate with each other, a transaction can still occur. The internet makes it so that uh, all of the miners uh, agree, so it's definitely a key piece, but I think that worrying about the internet not being available for some reason is one of these uh, edge cases, as they call as they call it. The the odds of the internet going down, pretty low. But even if it does, you're going to have bigger problems than spending your Bitcoin. Right. Yeah, yeah. that much is yeah. true. Although I would I would add this in. Uh, here on Free Talk Live, we love alternative currencies. We do. And so I was actually just listening to the Free State Project's YouTube channel today. They had the uh, Goldback presentation from the Porcupine Freedom oh, Festival. Nice. The, I gotta on, go watch on that. stage presentation. Mm. I thought it was really excellent. Uh, so I think that yeah, in the event of the worst case scenario, the, sh- the internet gets shut down. Usually it doesn't last forever, even in the most tyrannical countries, right? The, they shut it down while a protest is happening or something like that. But they bring it back because the government needs the internet too. Right. Uh, but uh, but even in the worst case, as long as the Bitcoin blockchain exists in at least one place out there, it still exists. And of course, there's thousands of people that have copies of the blockchain. There's thousands of what they call full nodes. So as soon as any kind of internet access comes back... Your Bitcoin's right where you left it. It right. doesn't go away. It doesn't disappear. It's the data is is still there as long as somebody still has a copy of the data. So you don't have to worry about losing your Bitcoin. Just using it would be yeah. difficult during that that time frame. But that's well, when alternatives like gold and and silver. We love the gold back here. For instance, I think I can speak for all of us yeah. when I say absolutely. That. And yeah. and as far as using it while you're cut off from the greater internet, you can. There are ways of making sort of a side chain, and then once that gets contact with the main chain that's on the internet with the rest of the world then all then that settles finally and gets integrated into the the blockchain right i do personally recommend uh you know i'm not a lawyer or a economist but i do personally recommend uh storing your cryptocurrency on an offline hardware wallet it's just my preferred yeah, my preferred method. You can do it in a number of ways. You don't have to go buy like a USB uh, powered stick with some software. You can actually create what's known as a paper wallet if you just want to store for long term, and then you would store that in like a safe or some sort of a fireproof box, something where you you know store other tangible valuables. But that's entirely possible to take it completely offline and store it in that way. And to me, that's the most safe. Uh, place for storage of yep. your crypto. Now, I, I want to say that uh, since you, you started this under the idea of if they shut down the internet, okay, well, here's the thing. You've got to ask yourself, are they going to stop spying on you? <laughs> yeah, probably not. No, probably right. Not. They're never going to stop spying on you, and if they shut down the internet, they can't spy on you. Well, that they can, a, just not nearly as efficient. Right. It mm-hmm. is It is a lot less data and a lot more difficulty if they try and do it that way. Yeah. Whereas with the internet, people will spy on themselves for free. But so, yeah, have, have them both. I mean, if you can, have uh, a spendable form of gold or silver like the gold back. Yes. 
uh, which is an incredible product. If you haven't seen it yet, please check that out. They're not a sponsor, but I sure do love them. And uh, and having that and having cryptocurrency as well, they're two very complementary things. They they both accomplish different things, and they both do a better job in a lot of cases than the other at those yeah. different things. Yeah, as far as uh, using goldbacks just for convenience sake in uh, in person is great. There's nothing like it. Right. It's so awesome. Now, I love as, it. As yeah. far as like, oh, there just won't be any access to the internet, There, the grid will be down. Okay, look, if the grid goes down, I think the currency will be bullets. Hmm. So wow. uh, again, like you have way bigger problems than a lack of access to your to your Bitcoin if if the grid has gone down. Kane, anything else you want to share? Man, that's that's some excellent information. I really appreciate some tutorials on that. Thanks, dude. Appreciate hearing from me tonight. Thanks for the call. We continue here. We're with... going to go to Abel, his brother. No, <laughs> we're going to David in New Mexico. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yes, this uh, Generation Justice blog has turned out to be a good. Uh, template for doing some accountability auditing uh, of our government, uh, one small branch of our government being a state judicial, and one judge in particular in, in, uh, in, in, fi- in attempting to find uh, uh, things to keep one accountable, keep judges accountable with. There's, there's good information in here, and I'm taking it basically one sentence at a time. So this week, we'll uh, move on to, um, uh, this is talking about, it's generationjustice.org slash blog underscore post John Romero, Judge John. And, uh, and the title is Judge is What I Do, John is Who I Am is the title of the blog. And in the section uh, entitled The Calling, it uh, says that uh, sitting in a lunchroom of a retail store, which is a, there's a piece of information right there. So at least once in Judge John J. Romero's life, he apparently, although it does not say what he was doing in the lunchroom of a retail store, we're going to give him credit that he probably worked there. So at least once in his <laughs> life, this judge had a non Something productive. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else in this man's career from from out from out of college to retirement appears to have been government jobs as i cited he was an air traffic controller where he was fired for insubordination and um then he was uh, well i'm sorry i guess i i have to retract what i just said he was a lawyer he was a a, a family lawyer for what i think it was 18 years so technically he did not uh, was not employed by the government but disagree. all of his revenue, being a family court attorney, all of his income came uh, because the government existed. Because if the courts weren't ordering that people appear in court, uh, they wouldn't be hiring lawyers and wouldn't be spending the in today's dollars, you know, an average of a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars an hour, and that's discounted rates mm-hmm. in order to be represented. So I'm going to count that as a government job. When is, I would agree. Private. Yeah. Is is there yeah. a section where it says, you know, uh, I am judge? Does it also say I am parasite? Hmm. Um, not in so many words, uh, but it can be. Right. It can be implied. It can be implied. Well, I mean, that is definitely what these people are, and that is judge what all. Is my name, judge, is what I do. Parasite <laughs> is what my nature is. There you go. Yeah. yeah, that is what all of these government bureaucrats are. They are parasites because if their services were actually valuable, yeah. then people would pay for them in an open marketplace. And we're not just saying that; like the evidence bears that out. They are parasites. They literally live off of everybody else. 
Thank you for the call tonight, David. Appreciate it. The number here is 603-283-6160. We've got time for you if you want to jump into the show in the remaining moments. And then coming up at the about a half an hour after the radio show ends, 1030 Eastern Time, you can join the Beard Talk Live on watch.freetalklive.com. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open here. You can join us. We're going to put whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Live Saturday show. Join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features we have there. You can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners on our chat server. Go to chat.freetalklive.com. You can interact with a bunch of trolls, too, because we got a lot of those there. <laughs> what? They're a lot of fun. No. If you, if you appreciate a good troll, then you'll have a good time with them. Chat.freetalklive.com gives you the instructions on how to get involved. We go to the phones to your calls and thoughts. Let's talk first to Lee. He's listening in Florida to WNDB in Daytona Beach. Go ahead, Lee. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind? First time listener, great show. Oh, welcome. Sitting outside the speedway up here waiting for the race to start tomorrow morning. Vroom, vroom. Wow, you get an early uh, early start there. Yeah, That's well, pretty... I was supposed to, supposed to run tonight, but it got rain delayed. What's uh, what's the race, like a NASCAR thing or something? Yeah, the uh, Coca-Cola 400. Gotcha. All right, well, hey, glad you're out there listening. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, you were talking to a gentleman a few minutes ago about Bitcoin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have been telling people for the longest time that eventually our currency will eventually go digital. Mm-hmm. Money will be gone. The paper currency will be gone. Um, as far as his concerns with the Internet, as long as you have a key, it's locked or, like you said, stored into a wallet <clears throat> or uh, it'll go into the cloud, into like a safety deposit box type thing. It's not going away. Nope. And one of the reasons why I say that is if you're paying attention to like BlackRock institutions, they just bought one of the biggest cryptocurrency companies in Miami, Florida. And also MasterCard just announced that they are going to have a credit card <clears throat> specifically towards uh, cryptocurrency, so you can make your payments through their credit cards, which is run by their terminals. So, hmm. yeah, Mastercard has been dabbling uh, in some areas of bridging the well, going, the crypto they're divide. In. They're going all in on this one, hmm. and if Interesting. you do a little bit more, your Amazons, your WalMarts, uh, your Target. Uh, your bigger companies, they have been hiring crypto professionals because everything is going to, you'll be able to pay for everything digital or through crypto. Well, they haven't called me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is, I hope the I must direction. Not be an that, expert. I, I want to say, I hope that uh, that's the direction that things go. 
but unfortunately, on the other well, side of the coin, you've got the government goons in the Federal Reserve that are talking about launching what they call a CBDC or a right. central bank digital currency, mm-hmm. and they're going to try to right. shove that that down Americans' throats, and that is total central control over uh, currency. And you think the government's bad now with inflation? It'll be even worse when they can Correct. inflate at the flick of a switch and delete people's accounts whenever they want to. And there's a, a big psyop to get people to think that these are all the same thing. Right. And a, CBDC and is just another kind of digital currency, which is the same it is as a, digital a blockchain, currency. which is the same as Bitcoin. But it's, it's not like, the same as no, Bitcoin. these no, are distinct different uh, things. It's an obfuscation campaign. Yeah. They are literally muddying the water so that people uh, falsely believe that state-based digital currency, which, by the way, the dollar has been mostly digital for m- most of my life anyway, mm-hmm. uh, at least the past uh, 20, 25 years or whatever they just change numbers in computers no actual cash uh, t- you know is nobody puts a bunch of cash into a big truck and drives it across the country every time there's a transaction they just change the numbers in computers so that makes it digital already so we have to be careful talking about digital currency versus cryptocurrency because the crypto part is what's important and uh, one of the interesting things about the CBDC compared to the system that we have now is that uh, what they're trying to do with that is to cut out all of the commercial banks, which the banks are not taking well. And they're like, there's oh, no. there's actually a lot of uh, a lot of strife among controllers at this point, because uh, there's, you know, this one group that's basically sort of socialist and uh, highly European centric, and they have a different vision of the future than the commercial banks of america so they're they're actually rivals more than they are uh, working together at this point go ahead lee but the, the bigger but the bigger banks are turning towards your smaller banks that have become your uh, what are they calling them um like sofi so you can do everything over the phone digital your digital finance and your digital loans your digital car payment um if you look at other countries like japan for example there's no currency you get paid directly into your bank account. It goes to your phone. You swipe your phone like you do when you go to Starbucks, and everything comes up on your phone so they can keep track of how much money's coming into your pocket, mm-hmm. how much money's going out, and there'll be no more <clears throat> so-called under-the-table money. Well, right, if they if they get their way. But the good news right. is in the world of cryptocurrency, there are privacy coins that are developed and being developed, I'm sure, uh, that do allow for the government and crypto or and uh, banks and other uh, big corporations to not know anything about what you're doing so people that are interested in privacy should start by looking into monero that's probably the most well-known project yep. although there are other ones out there but yeah we're entering into a, a scary time when and an exciting time when on one hand there are so many cool innovations and developments happening in the world of cryptocurrency and on the other hand the government is freaking out and lashing out and being as violent as they possibly can uh going after companies that are doing crypto cracking down on the industry uh, legislation is being proposed that would regulate and control more than they ever have yep. they're putting people in prison cells uh, they're coming after hosts of this very radio show program people can learn more over at the crypto 6.com about the fbi rating our studio last year over cryptocurrency 
So it's a, it's a, they're getting desperate. They know their power is being threatened because yeah. money is power. And I would say that uh, the, the reason that, that, that the economy is where it's at right now is because they are having to adapt to the existence of cryptocurrency. Mm. So, I mean, if they keep printing money the way they have been doing, then so much money will end up flowing into cryptocurrency at this point that mm. it'll, just, it'll uh, hasten adoption more than they can stand. So right now they have the quantitative tightening, and one of the effects of that is that it it really uh, tones down how much people want to invest into cryptocurrency. Lee, thanks for the call tonight, man. I do appreciate hearing one, from you. One more, yes, one more thing before quick. you go. Quick, quick. Take one more. Um, aren't we, and I'll be real quick and you can explain it, but aren't we as the people, um, aren't we capable of suing our own governments for shoving our economy and everything down the no, they run the courts. So you're essentially asking them to rule against themselves, which they almost never do. I mean, you can you can try it, but uh, you're just going to throw yeah. money at lawyers. Many have tried and many have failed, and it's very rare that somebody actually wins in that type. The of only way out of this is to protect your wealth by, as you're pointing out, you know, get into cryptocurrency, look at precious metals, get your money out of the dollar, yeah. and put it into something that they don't control. Otherwise, seceding is the only well, political solution from uh, the United well, States. So. Well, Turns out every time they investigate themselves, they find that there uh, that there was no wrongdoing. Real quick, to your other caller, if he's still listening, if he's a buyer and a trader in the cryptocurrency, he has to keep track of every sale that he makes. His accountant will be pulling his hair out if he's trading every couple of minutes, every couple of minutes, because you got to have your yeah, buying. It's so unrealistic to expect people to do order. that. I mean, the, the government is just ridiculous at what it's demanding out of people. And there's no way anybody well, could keep track of that. And they have specifically the gone call. out of their way to make sure that they don't tell you what the heck this is or which rules apply to it's it. It's very confusing. Thank you for the call, Lee. Uh, you know what? Uh, I know you want to jump in with some. Uh, I just want to say the good news is that like <laughs> cryptocurrency is just, it's in its infancy. We've only seen the mm-hmm. little tiniest bit They're of scared. what it can do. Yeah, yeah well, and not so, for long. Well, right, but like currently there is, for almost every scenario, there is a cryptocurrency workaround to, well, at least the United States mm-hmm. dollar. At least, you know, mm-hmm. I, you know, the people that I talk to and the things I see online. So the cryptocurrency itself has the capability to replace banks in their entirety so instead of just having a currency in your wallet you have all of the functions of a bank on your phone in your name just for you i definitely wanted to hear about the whole jackson hole thing uh i see nobody walking in the room here tonight maybe y'all are going to cover it tonight i don't know what you guys have planned for beard talk live uh but for those of you out there that want to hear more conversation without fcc regulations without those government rules as far as what we can and can't say that's coming up a little bit later about 10 30 eastern time you guys are going to kick off another episode of beard talk live you can go to our Odyssey channel to see it there. It's also going to be on whatever other streaming platforms we're on that I don't even know what we are right now, Twitch, DLive. Uh, but the best place to see it probably is watch.freetalklive.com. Watch.freetalklive.com will take you right to the streaming page. Be there at 10.30 Eastern Time, and Beard Talk Live will take over at that time. We'll see you tomorrow night. Otherwise, on broadcast radio and online anytime, you can join us at freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend. Free Talk Live, Mark Edge here at Freedom Fest. I grabbed one of my favorite people to talk to, Ben Swan, hardest working man on the internet. Ben, thanks for being on Free Talk Live. Mark, it is great to be here with you again. So good to be here. 
Ben, I want to tell people who you are because I think your story is one of the most fascinating ones in the liberty movement. You were, I'm going to call you ordinary, you were a reporter and you were out on the streets of El Paso and Ciudad Juarez in Texas. You were, you know, frontline drug war, just taking a look at what's happening. And then the Ron Paul campaign. First off, you're brave in the way that the bravest of reporters are, and I, I really respect that about you. Second, Ron Paul comes along and you start investigating him as a reporter would from unbiased, and you begin uncovering that this guy is doing something different than everybody else. Yeah, exactly right. And I think what was so surprising to me about him is that Ron Paul, because I didn't know much about him when I first started reporting on him. I was only reporting because I was working in Ohio, the swing state of swing states, and every presidential candidate in 2012 was coming through, Republican uh, candidates and Obama himself coming through. And so I'm just reporting on these guys. And when I covered Ron Paul, I didn't even know much about him when I covered him. I just the name of the story, the title of the story was what's so wrong with Ron Paul. Right. Why does this guy not get any attention? When I completed that report, I didn't necessarily like him any better or worse than I had when I started. I still didn't know much about him. It was just the facts of who he was. It was the fact that the next day I had thousands of people reaching out to me saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for talking about this guy that no one will talk about. And I was like, okay, sure, you're welcome. Okay, you know, but, but then I also noticed they all had, like, on their Facebook profiles, they all had these black uh, bands across their eyes. And I said, well, so what's this about? And because this looks a little freaky, right? And people started writing back and saying, no, it's, it's called the Black This Out movement because he's being blacked out by the media. Well, every, everybody thinks that about their candidate, right? Right. Everybody does think that about their candidate. And what you'll find is is that the little guys running for Congress that are getting little attention also generally have a small group of people that are supporting them. But what you never find, what's never happened is is the way that with Ron Paul had a huge support, deep and robust support, but still the, the, the you know, the news organizations and you weren't you're not national news. You're in Ohio, your guy, um, you know, just what what's going on here? And you're investigating in the way you that you were trained. Absolutely. And and when you know, as you said, there's, there's a passionate group of people behind you. They're all for you. But all of a sudden they start saying, well, you know, the, we're so glad you'll talk about him because the rest of the media won't, even though he's polling so well. Now, that was a surprise to me. And I was like, well, Ron Paul's not necessarily polling so well. Is he? Check the polls. So I went and checked the polls as a reporter would. And what I found was actually the guy's polling second in Iowa. Right. He's polling first in New Hampshire. Why is he doing so well? Well, wait a minute. And if he's doing so well, they were saying, but the media is leaving his name out of polls when they report it. I was working for a Fox station at the time. I watched Fox every day in our newsroom because we're a Fox affiliate. And I'm watching, and, and the next, very next day, I remember there was a poll about Iowa. And it showed number one in Iowa polling was Rick Santorum. And number three was Mitt Romney. And I was like, wait a minute. They don't have a number two. And they, they didn't lie about it. They didn't say there was a number two. They simply left the name out, and they left the number out. It was one and then three, and they kept everyone else all the way down to ten, but no number two. And so that was surprising to me. So then the next question as, as a journalist was, so what does this guy actually say that gets so much attention? What is making the media, if, if that is true, so resistant to him? So I began to look into that, and that's when I found, okay, he's anti-war. He's anti-Federal Reserve. He believes that, oh my gosh, that the war on terror 
could also be partly as a result of blowback because of things we're doing in other places. So these were all new concepts to me, quite candidly. Um, and so a lot of my awakening happened just trying to cover this guy in this so-called liberty movement that was out there that was saying there's another way to think about things than the way the media has allowed you to think. So here's what I don't know is now at, you were in Ohio and then somehow you ended up moving to another state and I can't remember what it was for another job. Was that were you fired? Were you pushed out? What happened? Was it because of your reporting on Ron Paul? It wasn't just Ron Paul. So what wound up happening was I was doing a segment called Reality Check in Ohio. It had grown to uh, unbelievable proportions. We were being watched in 140 countries around the world. This is a local Fox affiliate in Cincinnati. And it wasn't just Ron Paul stories, but we just began to cover things differently. We were looking at, at, at you know what was going on in the war on terror. We were talking about what was happening in Syria. We were a local TV station talking about the fact that the U.S. was funding al-Qaeda in Syria, right? And so which, by the way, in 2012, almost no one was saying. Turns out it was absolutely true. And so what we found was there was this enormous appetite for news that we were putting out that others weren't. We wound up going from being a last place station in Cincinnati to the number one newscast, largest audience, and in all the key demographics. So it should have been party time, right? And instead, I found myself constantly in arguments with my news managers who would call me into a conference room, six, seven of them, on one side of a table and me by myself on the other side telling me we don't want to talk about this we don't want to talk about this we don't like going down a list of all the subjects and so we got to a point where it was just kind of hit an impasse and i said look my contract's up at the end of the year i want you to go ahead and let me out now and they said yes and so we we parted ways well it just shows that they didn't care about what uh, position they were in i mean they were they weren't actually about ratings and uh, that's you know who knows why i don't even want to get into that so you ended up in another station but that was relatively short lived too was that because you were a phenom on the internet or is it was could they not handle it either no it was it was both things we, again in so in 2016 we had done really well on YouTube, but in 2016, 2015, 2016, I was doing the same segment reality check in Atlanta, right? They buried it during the, the middle of the 5 p.m. newscast is the only place they would allow it to air. And yet in 2016, we did 200 million video views on Facebook video. Like it was, it was insane, the kind of traffic we were doing. And again, we, the ratings were growing, but it wasn't the local managers. It was pressure from CBS in New York. It was pressure from um, our corporate offices in Iowa. And it was pressure from Washington, D.C. saying, don't let this guy be on the air talking about these things. And so we hit another impasse of them saying, we don't want to do this. And it, so I've seen it happen over and over. And it's, it's an interesting thing. You know this because you've been in this business for a long time. Ratings are supposed to be king, right? If you can drive ratings, which drives viewers, which drives advertising dollars, you're, you're the, you know, the golden goose. And instead, it's we don't care that we're getting ratings. We don't care that we've got these advertising dollars because there are people at the top who are uncomfortable with what you're saying. Therefore, we'd rather let you go. The funny thing is there's a certain amount of arrogance because every time I've been at one of these stations, they have believed, well, you've already brought in enough people. So when we let you go, we'll retain those people. And it's, it's ne it never happens. You went out and you've created your own um, organization, and I do want to talk about that organization. I have one more question before we jump into that, because I know once we start talking about it, it we're down that trail and, and we don't get anywhere. Um, 
Fox News and the Fox Business have shown some level of spine when it comes to bringing uh, libertarians on the air and things like that. Has anybody from your organization ever reached out to them? Because you you are polished. That you are. I mean, like you you've gone to Podunk Nowhereville. You've made them something. You know they're. Fools, uh, um, um, like mouth breathing. I'm agog that they, um, you know, haven't snatched you up. You're professional in every way. I know you work your butt off. Is it because you're not reaching out to them? Is it because they're not reaching out to you? How does what's going on with that? And I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, there's a couple of things to it. One is actually back in 2014, um, I actually interviewed with Fox on four different occasions when they brought me in, um, and this was back when Roger Ailes was still there. Now he was much less. Uh, open to the libertarian idea when he was there. Um, and, and at that time, um, you know, I was brought into Roger's office. I'm sorry. Um, I just want to put, point out, y- you may be a libertarian, but your show isn't libertarian, right? Like You just ask questions and get answers. That's exactly right. It's, it's journalism first. It's not ideological in any way. But I, was, I went over to Roger L's office. I met with him. I met with Bill Shine when he was there. Uh, Bill was the, the VP, and he was do all the hiring, bring people in. Um, and I was told multiple things about them. One of the things I was told at one point when I went in there was, listen, Roger Ailes uh, is a kingmaker, and he will, you know, you'll be incredibly successful if you come here. However, you have to not cross Roger, basically. And if there's certain points that Roger wants across, you're going to deliver those points. Because they said your reputation is is that you are going to report on what you want to report on, and that's not really the way it works here. I have seen Fox change a bit since then. So, you know, there might be an opportunity in the future depending on, you know, what they're open to. But at the time, it was it was Roger's show. And so you had to be willing to to play that game. The interesting thing is I actually turned down a job with Fox to take a weekend morning slot years ago and instead um, went off to do my own thing. The guy who ended up taking that job after me, a guy you might know of named Tucker Carlson. <laughs> I love Tucker, and I think he's great, and I think that uh, resting Tucker face is a national treasure. But i got to say, I would love to see you with a show. These are the kind of things I sit around with a glass eliminated. I'm like, why the hell is it Ben Swan on? What the, What is going on here? So anyway, I thank you for humoring me, my questions, and I, I can tell that very authentic answers. Tell me about your new organization, Sovereign. Yeah, absolutely. So Sovereign is our new social media platform folks can check it out. It's very similar to Facebook in terms of the way that it's been built out um, in terms of the user experience. There's a news feed when you sign up. You'll have a news feed. You can follow creators. You can share content there. We have a circles feature, very similar to Facebook groups, that allows you to have a live chat, interact within your your group and invite people into that, um, specifically on certain subject matter if you want to create a group for that. We have the world's most secure private messenger being launched in September, video chat being launched in September. The best thing about what we do, though, is it's all blockchain-based. So we are not relying on anything from Silicon Valley. No AWS for our servers. No IBM for our servers. Um, No Apple or Google Play stores. No app stores at all. The beauty of what we're building is that everything is outside of Silicon Valley and it's all built on the blockchain so that it's decentralized and we have the ability to ensure that content and information that goes up on our platform is never taken down. That sounds very, very exciting, and I want uh, you know Free Talk Live to be involved in that in whatever way they can. The first thing that comes up as a an organization that has run its own uh, you know BBS and messaging boards and things like that is is that if you allow any content, pretty soon you're allowing some awful content. 
What do you think about that? No, that's absolutely true. So we do have a terms of use that's a part of it. So there are certain things that are not allowed on the site, right? You know, obviously things like child pornography, beheading videos, uh, terrorism videos. Your morning bowel movement. Things like that. <laughs> However, um, and by the way, so those are issues of legality. We also do not allow pornography at all. Now, I know that there are some people who will hear this and they'll say, wait a minute, as a libertarian, free speech, that's free speech. I agree, actually. It is free speech. But I also believe this. There's no real attack on pornography in the world that prevents it from being out on the Internet. If you want to find pornography, I'm pretty sure you can right now. So I don't think the porn industry needs us as much as the, the content creators who are being kicked off and purged from platforms need us. So we've made a decision that that's just not going to be a part of our platform. And believe me, if you need it, you can find it. I, uh, I support you, and it is completely libertarian. Um, you're allowed to create whatever community or whatever home you want to create for yourself and your family and the people that you invite over. So um, it's 100% libertarian to make a terms of service and enforce those. I do love activists. Um, they amuse me. And, uh, you know, for instance, the male nipple cutout that you can stick over female nipples and, you know, they can show under boob and whatever. <laughs> I think it's fascinating what they do on Facebook. I, I, I you know, Good luck policing that. No, absolutely. Listen, that, that certainly is going to be a challenge. I think the, the, the main thing that we want, you know, in, in, within these communities, and again, we're not, we're not sticklers of trying to be careful about everything that goes up. What we're careful about are those who want to put up content that is harmful. Right. And I know that's a term that Facebook and YouTube use all the time. Google uses this term harmful. What does that actually mean? Well, it means and this is a very libertarian principle, right, that you're either harming someone else's life or you are taking their things. Right. So we're not going to take anything from anyone in terms of harming people. Look, if you're posting child pornography, you're harming people. If you are, are posting beheading videos and, and, and terrorism incitement videos, you're harming people. Beyond that, though, one of the other things that makes us very different is we're actually creating a constitution within our site that actually enforces the rights of the user. So it's not just what you can't do, it's what you can do. So our users will actually have rights on our site, unlike Facebook. We don't see it as, oh, we're a private company, we can do whatever we want. We think that from the beginning, we need to lay out exactly what we can and cannot do, what our moderators can and cannot do. And so part of being on the blockchain means that we create a system within our moderators um, where... It's actually posted online and in public. Every decision they make, every piece of video they take down, and our users actually have the ability to, they will in the future, be able to elect the moderators. So they would choose the moderators, and if a moderator is violating the Constitution or the rights of the users, they can be removed by the user base, as opposed to you know some nameless, faceless guy in, in Ghana who's sitting there and, and putting stuff up or, or removing posts and no one has control over it. That's what I love about it is, is that in many cases these uh, these things are defined by the rules of the things you can't do, but it should be defined as the rules of the things you can do. And I uh, I love you for what you're doing over there at Sovereign. Tell people how they can uh, you know go find it and find out more. Yeah, absolutely. So you go to Sovereign S O V R E N Sovereign dot media. It's not a dot com dot media. Uh, you can check us out there. You can sign up for an account. Right now, the only people who can post video are are approved content creators. So, Mark, you would be one of those. Free Talk Live would be one of those. So you got to let us know. We'll get you guys um, set up with your official account. Very soon, it'll be open to everyone. The only reason we've done that was to slow it down in the beginning from all the inauthentic behavior, you know, where they're going to flood you with a whole bunch of neo-Nazi stuff in the beginning to try to discredit you like they did to Gab. Uh, so we're, we're trying to prevent that in the beginning. But certainly... You know, you can go there and you can follow content creators now and you can create a circle now and start start working within your communities. 
Very exciting. Ben Swan, thank you. We think podcasting our full radio show has been holding us back. Most podcasts aren't two hours long per show, and the constant resetting we do for radio might be turning off podcast listeners. Riley's Daily Digests have been going for years, so we're going to lengthen them and make them our official podcast starting September 1st. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll continue, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. FTL Amps will continue to receive the full radio show with no commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month.